Hey modelers, welcome to the Model Geek Skill Modeling Podcast. Here, we will be discussing anything and everything as it relates to the world of scale modeling. Before we start, we would like to take a moment and thank all of you, the listeners out there, for your support. We would also like to thank our great sponsors for their support. Detailed Scale, Furball Aero Design, Tamiya USA, Sprue Brothers, and Basis by Bill. Please have a look at their websites and have a look at all their fine products. Now, buckle up and ride along as we journey into the world of scale modeling. We really hope that you will download and make us a part of your modeling bench sessions. Now, here are the geeks, Darren Cook, Scott Samo, Andrew Frill, and Andrew White. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever you may be, whatever you may be doing, thanks for tuning in to the old Model Geeks podcast. Um, wake, welcome to episode 53. We're doing a little switcheroo. Um, D ran the boss. He had to go on a leave. So um, for fun, go do something fun. I think he's even going to a model show. So that's, that's yeah, to- his, Hamilton. Yeah, his leave was approved quickly. So granted, I guess he probably approves his own leave because he's the boss. But anyway, so but I've got we have a, a super special guest with us, El Presidente himself, Mr. Tim Holland. Tim, thanks for joining us. Yeah, I'm glad you uh, guys invited me. Always love doing this. Yeah, man, it'll be a good time. Uh, we'll BS about modeling for a couple of hours. So um, hopefully everybody will enjoy it. But again, uh, thanks for joining us and filling in for the boss um, while he's out. But uh, And uh, Frildo, Whitey, what's up, man? I hope you guys are doing well, getting some modeling done, you know, uh, getting through the, the – it looks like the winter up in uh, – and PAX is, is, it's, was a mild one. And so hopefully you guys still had some good time to be working on some stuff. Definitely. Yeah. Actually, this went, this past week has been the coldest it's been. Oh, no Hello, spring. Jeez. Yeah. Um, man. Yeah, man. Getting some modeling done for sure. Um, good. Good. All, all backlog stuff for me, man. <laughs> Yeah, man. We'll, we'll talk more about that. Yeah. When we get into, what are we yeah. working on? Yeah, we'll we'll get into it. But anyway, well, welcome, fellas. Um, look forward to to having another good show. So let's uh, let's go ahead and and uh, we'll just jump right in. All right, we're gonna start with our guest. We'll start with Tim. Tim, what are you working on, man? What what you got on your bench? Well, as usual, I've got um, uh, a number of things that are that are going. Uh, probably the biggest one I got is for the uh, not a Japanese zero. It's my uh, Rita. It's the big four-engine G8N Navy bomber that the uh, Japanese didn't deploy. They they built, I think, four or five of them and flew one. And anyway, it's, it's huge, man. It Ba-dum. is. It's, yeah, it's big for uh, even in 72nd scale. It's about the yeah. size of a B-24, I think, wow. in terms of wingspan. Okay. And um, the fuselage is eh, about the size of a B-17, not quite. Um, but it's going to be the, uh, overall orange and I'm using that, uh, that Mr. Color, I think it's a lacquer 58. Yeah. Mr. Color's uh, lacquer. Yep. That's good yeah. stuff. And it, uh, um, smells good yeah, too. Yeah. I think I've got, yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> I've got just enough to do this one. Otherwise I'm going to have to buy a, um, um, another bottle of it somewhere or mix I used the character yellow for the KI 51 is what I used on mine. Character yellow. Yep, and it has it's like a yellow with an orange um, 
an orange tint to it. So I don't know. Ooh, look looks. at that. Yeah, that looks good. That wow. Looks good. Making right some now, progress. Yeah. yeah, it's got a flat coat sealing my, my desk. Is that the Sonia? Phil's showing us his Sonia. Sonia, um, yeah. yeah. but that, that Rita, though, is a... It's that test orange that the yeah. Japanese oh, use. Oh, yeah. That's so that really vibrant orange. Yeah, that's know? different than, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I, that's why I put it on the, uh, uh, over a pink uh, primer. And I, and I, when I put the primer on, you can't really see it, but I kind of mod- uh, marbled it. Yeah. So that cool. it, um, that way it's not, I mean, otherwise it's just going to be this orange, you know, single orange color. And um, overall, so I'm, I'm, basically marbling that and then I, as i put the orange on i'm marbling that as well so that it comes out a little uneven um even though it only flew like three times i think and uh, so it's probably got never had more than about 10 hours of flight time on it um so it's not going to look very worn um uh, but uh, it'll it'll have some staining and that kind of stuff like cool. the engines did back then and then the other thing i'm working on is my uh, mig killer oh uh, yeah my F3D for the uh, group build. This is the sword kit. And um, I paused for two reasons. One, the canopy sits proud of the uh, mold line. Mm-hmm. So it, it's going to require that I basically, uh, and I hate this, I'm going to have to sand <laughs> the canopy in order to uh, have it yeah. you know, fit the uh, shape that it's yeah. supposed to be. I, I, I was able to get the front part to almost match but the rear part is the step is just massive and then the uh and i and i even sanded the crap out of the bottom before i glued it all in i just said the heck with it i'm gonna have to sand yeah and then i i found out on you know tommy thomason's uh tailspin topics site that the kit is basically uh the later uh, vietnam war okay f10 yeah. which was the uh uh the plane the marines used before they went to the ea6a <clears throat> excuse huh, me and okay the, uh interesting yeah so there's a there's a uh i mean you can't see it on this one because it's all black but there's a, yeah. a tube or something that runs on each side of the fuselage that you know ran some electrical conduit or something yeah. that's got to come off so i'm going to have to scrape that off resand and clean up some of the uh panel lines which i adjust i mean all the sanding on it's a sword kit it's limited run so it needed a huge amount of sanding so uh it, it was i'd already done all of that and polished and had it all ready and and uh, yeah the depression level is is in there and then the last thing is uh you know kind of a palate cleanser is a little star wars dude um this is uh rex yeah uh, clone clone trooper rex yeah i guess is, if you're a star wars guy you know what that is but he's he's about one forty eight scale. Cool. So, uh, yeah, and I'm just doing that because uh, you know what the heck I want to I want to <laughs> learn how to do do uh, figures. God, so, I, know. I I'd love to be able to paint a figure, but I, I, it would just look like uh, it wouldn't look good. So I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, th- it, this is a great one to start with because he's wearing a helmet, so you don't see his face. I don't have to worry about go. eyes. <laughs> Although, man, I, when I've watched. Um, uh, Martin Kovac, his how he paints figures. That's if I'm going to yeah. do one, I'm going to try the way he does it with the the sh- the paints it you know black or whatever a very yep. dark color, and then uses white to just hit the highlights, and then puts these very thin layers of paint on, and it just it's just it's just amazing how he does it, um, especially yeah. when you're doing something a little small like that. But yeah, yeah. well, cool. 
Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So that's, uh, yeah, that and my batch build, which is I've got yeah. five KI-84s I'm building all in parallel. That doesn't sound like enough. I think you need some more. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, five is usually, five or six is about my <laughs> limit on batch builds. But uh, I do have, uh, like, I think I've got a, a P51 batch build in the queue that's, yeah. uh, if Man. not this year, then it'll be 2024. Are they and all the Arma Hobby kit? Uh, no, actually, um, only three of them are. Three, okay. Three or four. Oh, and then okay. the rest are um, either Hasegawa or... I'm trying to think of which other one there is, but uh, yeah. that one, anyway, when it all adds up, I think there's an Academy one in there too, but when it all adds up, okay. there's 10 of those. And oh, geez. When I start those, yeah. Wow. Well, it's a way to, you know, basically uh, whittle down my stash in a reasonable amount of time because yeah. the wife's starting to make comments about how, you know, you're not going <laughs> to live long enough. <laughs> So I just I say, hey. get rid of my stash somehow. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We all know we're not going to. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what st- I told her. And we still buy more. <laughs> yeah. But yes. I think it was you, Tim, who put out, what, what was your answer it, to what, that? My answer is if it, so, I've got a stash so that when I want to build a model, I can choose. And I get to choose from what I think is a, yeah. a decent model as opposed to um, – you know, hoping that when I get in the mood to build a, a model of the uh, uh, of a fruit bat, that um, I can find a kit or and, a uh, rickshaw I don't have to worry about or whatever. That. Yeah, yeah, or whatever. It's it's there yeah. on my shelf when I'm ready to build it. Exactly. Uh, That's how I look at it. my my yeah. stash. Stash is potential. Yeah. Exactly. It's 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 the Whitey Frill Holland Samo Hobby Shop. Right. It's yeah, you can exactly. walk. It's awesome. <laughs> you just walk. I'm like walking. I look. Oh, I you know. Because I got a story when it's my turn. Uh-oh. I got a story about that as yeah, plays okay. into that perfectly. Got yeah, it. But if I, I mean, I, I got six Lancasters on my shelf that I could build. You know, and, wow. and all regardless of what variant you name the variant, I've got it. Yeah, Grand Slam, Tall Boy, you, it, they're all there. So when I'm in the mood to build one of those, you can, can pick. Yeah, and that's just one example. Cool. I, I don't deal. necessarily have room for it, but hey, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. it. That's all I'm working on. Awesome. Well, thanks, Tim. Thanks for the update. Frill. All right, buddy. Go ahead. It's all yours. What you working on? Well, I um uh, I'm still working on the uh the uh Claude for the March Madness group build. And I'm just about ready to commit to the uh LP eleven base coat. So I'm getting that ready. I just the uh, KI fifty one is done pretty much. For the uh, not another zero group build. Is that the Sonya? It is, yeah. and I just have to put a wash on it, really, and uh, hit it with a flat coat, and it will be done. Uh, did you did you paint the markings, or are those decals? I did. Nope. Cool. I uh, I painted those. What markings did did you did you create make your own, or did you use um, like how'd you or did you use like well, Montex or who, what'd you use? No, well, I started to do the markings on the side. I started with the starboard fuselage uh, Hina Moru, and I kind of didn't look right and so in the sake of sanity i said you know i'll just use the the kit decals for the rest oh so you did use decals i thought you said so, you painted them well i painted the scheme but I, oh okay i thought you meant the, the markings but yeah no, the, the actual painting, yeah. like the hinomaro the national yeah, no, yeah one of them is painted the rest of them are uh our decal oh man so, what happened you should just paint those suckers i just i don't know it, I, it wasn't going down right for me and so i just said you know what i'm not going to get frustrated with it so i just i used the decals and i used the decals for the rest of them they came out okay it took they're they're flat so that's kind of cool and cool. it'll make it easier when i go to flat coat it 
All right. And uh, that one will hey, be done. Hey, Frill, I'll need to find out from you what color red you attempted to use for your Hinamaroos because to I, me, uh, I'm going to. XS7, I think. Red. Oh, to me, a red. Plain old red. That's the, yep. that's red, the, that's, I got, that's the I got red to use. Yep. I, it's the, to me, acrylic. I think it's, is it XF7? Yeah. yeah. Whatever so, it is. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's the flat red. Just use that. That's, that mm-hmm. all the, like Nick um, Millman, Nick his guide Millman, says yeah. use to me a XF7. That's the best red for any Hino Morrow. Perfect. Yeah. Cause decals seem to be about a bazillion different shades of red. Yeah. And they're yeah. not consistent. And it's yeah, so simple. Cup. It's just a circle, you know? This yeah, it's not yeah, hard. Yeah, that's that's why I'm painting mine. Yeah, Mr. Color makes a red, Hinamoru red as well. It comes in there. They used to be able to only get it in like their set for the George. But I guess you can get it individually now too. And I was going to use that, but I just ended up using um XF seven. Yeah. Because I had it already mixed up from something else. I just went ahead and used that. Um and I'm still working on the Phantom for the Mid killer, I got the. Uh, really, how, how far along on that are you? I didn't. I for, kind of uh, forgot. You got a whole bunch of stuff that you're working on. It's um, oh, wow! Look at the, that. The uh, ECS scoops on the side, the yeah. Hypersonic ones, getting those yep. blended into the fuselage. cool. And uh, it'll be ready for for paint here pretty soon. Sweet. And so, back to the thing about the stash and having a hobby shop. Well, our our buddy Justin was doing a. Uh, the Academy U2 for his March Madness build. And I'm like, man, that looks really cool. And I've always had a fondness for the two seat U2. Oh yeah. That's funky looking. And I got on eBay and was looking around and I saw a couple of them, you know, on there. And I was like, all right, there's an old, um, there's like three different boxings of that kit. And I almost peed the T on one, but I was like, wait a minute, let me check. Maybe I have one. The testers one in my stash. <laughs> Did you have one? And so I came down and I looked, and sure enough, I had the uh the, the TR one A slash B kit, which is that one at Italia Rebox, I think it was last year, the year yeah. before. And I pulled it out, opened it up, and it's the exact same kit with the parts for the two seats. Wow. So I saved myself fifty eight dollars. There you go. That's I had I, that my I, hobby shop here had it. Man, I do that all the time. With books, I'm really bad. So I'll, I'll be at a show or wherever, and I'll see a, a book that I'm like, oh, man, I got to have that book, like whatever. And I get home, and I already have two. It's not like I have one, but I'll have, I have two. And I'm like, what? You know, so I need to I, – I wish I was smart like Whitey where he has his lists of all his well, – what he's got decals or – kits or whatever you can just scroll through oh yeah yep, i need so that I. or i have that i'm like i'm too stupid to do that i'm just are you scalemates or man. whatever scalemates is good too because you can go through and you select it and then you click yep. export and it kicks it out into an excel doc for you man, oh i just see? i just use my speed. phone and access scalemates wherever i am yeah awesome. and it and i keep i keep my uh all my um Books, my uh, decals, my kits, I keep it in uh, Scalemates. That way I know what I've got. Man, I should I should get on the freaking train then because I, I, I'm always buying crap that I already have. Several, but that's the sad part is I don't realize that I have it. Like I get home and I'm like, oh, wow, I got – wait a second. Yeah. Is that the that's, same? Yeah. <laughs> it saved me a couple times at shows. Yeah, when I'm yeah. standing, oh yeah, I'm getting that. And then I go, well, stand by. Well, let me check my list real quick. Oh, yeah, I already yeah. have that. That's with hard. decal sheets, especially. Yes, because yeah. God knows we all have a metric ass ton of decal sheets, and yep. um, so to keep those organized and in an inventory. Yeah, you know, man, it, yep. it's it's just helpful. 
So scalemates, yeah. huh? I need to check that Sc- out. So all the listeners, yeah. you guys, you know, check it out. Scalemates. And every January for me is uh, inventory time, just like it is for <laughs> all the bu- the businesses out there that shut down for a few days. You know, so I I go through my stash and confirm where I've because uh, sometimes I forget to enter something. Wow, that's awesome. Do you, do you reprimand yourself when you forget? <laughs> I do. I, I give myself an ass <laughs> you, You're retired, but you're, but you're not that retired. Writing up your own self. Damn it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you should see the uh, demerits uh, I've got. That's I've funny. got it over on the wall here. <laughs> oh, <laughs> well, what you're else, get, man? You're not getting a Christmas bonus this year. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. Well, Frill, what else, man? What You got anything else uh, you're working no, on? Pre- no, that's pretty much No tanks it. or Star Wars shit that you're working on? No. No. Right. No. Focusing on that stuff. All right, man. Well, at least you got in your the Sonya and the the Sonya is a seventy second scale because that's part of the group build, right? Yep. And then, but then you're um, so well, you're forgiven there. And then you're, uh, but your Claude and then the uh, the the F four, those are forty eight. So yeah, yeah, the okay. Kingsley Claude and the Academy. Uh, all right, F four B. Cool, man. All right. Well, good luck with all that stuff. Hopefully, you'll get them done soon. Um, yeah, me too. I want to clear this off. <laughs> cool. I got other stuff I want to build. My my list oh, of projects know, right? for this year keeps growing. We all do. Yes, so that's why we all have six hundred models sitting on the shelves. I just got to fight off that couch monster because couch monster. Oh shit! How are you, how's your how's your your hip or your leg or your back or your neck or um, your groin or whatever? Your is your hip, right? Yeah, it's my hip. Yeah. No, it's how, you, how you doing, man? About his groin. It uh, it's good. I get a little. It's a little sore every now and again, but I can get around. Just good, like. good. Well, so you um, can predict the weather now. <laughs> yeah, that too. <laughs> well, so no, no. Uh, we'll, we'll hopefully we'll all make the um getting. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but hopefully you, we're all good to go for our next show, which will yep. be which will be good. Uh, that was just good. Good to be home for the last one too. Cool, man. Awesome. Well, thanks, dude. Appreciate it. Appreciate the update. All right, Whitey, what you got, man? What you working on? <clears throat> well, to paraphrase our friends the Mojo, so many group builds, so little time. <laughs> we suck on, at group um, builds, man. I do. I'm just horrible at trying to like pre-show. We were talking we about. Uh, I was over here buffing on my um my Japanese Kika jet. Uh, I'm still in work on that. That was supposed to be the 48 hour build from two weeks ago. Still not done. Dude, so, in a row. so but I got specifically about that. We talked about it earlier, but I want I want the folks to hear about this because so the colors that you that you chose for your the green and the gray look like and your the yellow orange kind of leading edge markings. Just tell me what colors you used again because they look like they look perfect. They look absolutely perfect. So if you can just again, what what specific colors did you use for the top and the bottom? Yeah, well, I mean, Japanese Navy Green, XF11 from Tamiya, and for the underside, Japanese Navy Gray, XF12. I believe that this jet was part of the uh, Japanese Navy. Yeah, yeah. It was intended for them, apparently. And looking at the kit, you know, there's not a lot of photos of this thing out there. Um, But, you know, looking at it, I was like, are those wing fold? Like lines on that, like, I, I, huh? I think it was intended to be have like to a have car- folding wings and, and perhaps operate from a carrier eventually. Wow, don't quote me on that, but yeah, I mean, that's that's that, yeah, you know, interesting. But the you know, the colors on the uh, 
the the fine molds kit that I have, it, everything's yeah. in Japanese, um, but the numbers correlate to Japanese. Ah, uh, gotcha, green. gotcha. So that's what I rolled with. Cool. Uh, and then for the leading edge um, yellow, I went with um, Gunzi Aqueous Orange Yellow H twenty four. There you and, go, man. Uh, that, that seemed to be a a pretty decent match for that leading edge. Yeah, they. Uh, the, when I saw the colors, I, I that's why I wanted to ask because I was like. Holy shit, because it looks really, the, the colors just look spot on, man. Which a lot of times you'll get the yellow leading edge. It's too yellow, you know, just yeah, doesn't look yeah. right. And, and yours looks, it's that perfect blend of that, but that, of the orange yellow and the aqueous stuff is just, it's just awesome, man. I love yeah, that I love, paint. Uh, you know. Good paint. I mean, yeah, I, I based a, uh, you know, a white primer under, under it first. Ah, uh, key. Tip of yeah, the week, almost right yeah, there, man. Yellow, orange, and you know your basic colors. You, yes, uh, you want to roll with that. Uh, but then, th- what I like about the Tamiya XF paints, I can go ahead and uh, buff on those pretty good, yeah. and get um, like even if you, like I'm gonna you're gonna buff on it anyway to to get because I, I'll probably use the decals for the for the mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, just to in, just to get rolling on it. Yeah. Um. But then also you can get good variation by doing that with their flat colors sometimes, especially with their yeah. darker ones, you know, like, so I'm like rubbing on the side where the, uh, you know, the pilot comes on, you know, yeah, around the cockpit area to get, because uh, again, you know, like, like Tim's reader, this is a late war project, only flew once, um, but I still wanted to have some, uh, you know, I'm sure they had lots of uh, ground runs and things like that prior to flying it. Yeah. Um, it's a first jet. Uh, you know, so, and, you know, so I want to have, uh, some exhaust, uh, you know, cause it's got a bleed air duct on the side and, uh, yeah. I, I believe this is the same engine that they used on the 262. I think it's a license built copy. Okay. Um, that makes sense. And so, you know, watching that, the videos of those things, um, start, you know, you get a good blast of smoke out the side, uh, from whatever, I think they used a charge to, to, to start those things with, uh, a new, ma- uh, uh, like a gunpowder type of charge okay. or something like that. Cool. Anyway, uh, you know, so I want to have some some staining on, around on the nacelles. I'm, again, I'm sure there's some pretty heavy maintenance going on with them trying to get those things uh, ready, airborne, whatever. Uh, and then, you know, because it is just all one, you know, green and gray, I want to have some some variation on you know, around panel lines, things like that. And you can do that just by buffing on that stuff, which looks yeah. kind of cool. It, it, I'll probably it, throw some lighter mixes on there too to, to – to, and – the flight controls. Uh, I want to have, you know, some variation on that too. So that's, uh, yeah, that's one group build that I, I uh, didn't finish in time. The other <laughs> one being our own match, match madness. Yeah. Um, I'm in work on that with the, um, you know, I, I I'm probably not going to finish that in a week. I'm at the point now I'm getting ready to throw some gray on it for the FA crusader that I'm doing. Um, March madness slash mid kill. Now, if I will, have it done for the mid killer group build. Yeah. So there is that, you know, yeah. two birds at one stone type of deal. There you go. But I'm not going to, I'm, I'm probably not going to have this thing done my next March next madness build finished in June. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Or like July, <laughs> April anyway. Uh, that'll be, but uh, that's uh, it, dude. It's going to look awesome when you get both of those kits that, that, um, the Japanese jet that you're doing. I mean, that's just very unique. It's different. You don't see a lot of those. So I'd be anxious yeah. to see that one you know, finished same with the, the F eight, you know, and then uh, Tim reminded awesome. me of, of the, the club project, the Mavis, uh, another yep. Japanese project that I got to, uh, yep. 
that I want to try to get done. Japanese flying boat, you know. His peer pressure done. is working. He yeah. got me. He got me to build a seventy-second scale kit. You know, I mean, that's. And believe uh, me, I appreciate that. You're... <laughs> I wanted to have it done for the Fairfax show on the fifteenth of April. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I think I think I'd be pushing it to get that, but I'll see. Cool, know. man. Cool. Well. Well, hopefully you can push through. I know the group builds like suck, but they're kind of fun. You know, they kind of push you to they do are. stuff they, that you that you wouldn't normally do, or push you right. to do something that you've wanted to do. They just, you know, that's. Uh-huh. I think that's good. I think it's good. Yeah, they provide a little bit of motivation. Yeah, get the old juices flowing. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks, fellas, for all your updates. All um, for me, you know, working out of the hotel room. Still, you know, been working on the my March Madness build. Not going to finish. Um, shocker. Um, is it to me a forty-eight scale, the one hundred nine? I'm doing the tropical version again. I'm kind of at a standstill because I need a deep. I need a good airbrush. My PS seven seventy one to do some of those really small little green splotches. So, and I want to do that both on the the one hundred nine kind of that desert scheme. And then I'm, I'm going to paint all the markings as well. And then the little Arma hobby, 72nd scale, the group build that we're doing for our club, <clears throat> the uh, it's, it's all painted. And again, it's just waiting to put the little green little splotches on it, but I, I can't do it with the airbrush that I've got now. It's, it's, and it, it's weird. I've, it's the, um, the portable little handheld compressor, is great except that you can't it's it's not spraying perfect so you can't really if i try to get in and and get small and i can even putting i tried two different airbrushes on it it's still giving me the same kind of a not a not very even um spray pattern and it's with different types of paint i tried different paint i tried lacquer paint i tried acrylic paint i tried different thinners i'm like well it's got to be me it's got to be operator air uh, I don't think it's operator air because it's doing the same thing no matter what I spray through it, no matter what airbrush I use. So I think it has something to do with the actual, with the how the air is being atomized and how the paint is being, or really the paint's being atomized. There's something there because it just looks a little funky. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how it goes. So I kind of stopped because it's not a, to the point now where they both look like crap or anything. It's just, I, you know, I, I don't want to keep pressing with, um, a, uh, you know, not a very good paint, uh, com- uh, air kind of combo. So we'll, we'll see how things go whenever I get home, but I'm, I, I get to leave this place, um, the end of the week, uh, April 1st, uh, get to go home. So I have some, t- going to take some time off. So I'll, hopefully I can get, I can get the K, uh, 84 done for, uh, for the next show. And, uh, so that's all I got. That's all I'm working on. Um, anyway, well, cool. Well, again, we'll just wrap up this section again. Uh, appreciate you guys uh, kind of giving us some updates on what you're working on, some of the things we got uh, going on with the um, with all the different builds and whatnot. Uh, so cool. Um, did you make the uh, Jacks or uh, IPMS First Coast nah, man. Club meeting on Thursday? I did not. Nope, I was working. <sighs> was working. I was working. Yay, work. Uh, but that's okay. I actually love my job. Love the team. It's it's just it's awesome. It's so different. My, I have my life back, so it's good. Um, and and I've you know been down here for three months, and um, you know it's just uh, it, it's gone by pretty quick. I mean, of course, I would have liked to not have to be away from home, but 
because uh, miss my wife and my dog and just that stuff. But you know, as far as being down here in Jacksonville, it's been. I mean, hey, I got to go to a model show, got to go to Jack's Con, so that was kind of cool. So um, anyway, but ha- happy to come back home. Anyway, okay, thanks again, guys. Appreciate all your updates, and um, why don't we hear from our good folks over at uh, Detail and Scale? Hello, Model Geeks. This is Bert Kinsey of Detail and Scale to tell you about our newest publication, F-105 Thunder Chief in Detail and Scale, written by yours truly and illustrated by Rock Rozak and Jim Rotrammel. This is not simply an expanded and updated edition of our original Detail and Scale series book on the thud. Instead, it is an all-new publication. It really took a lot of research and effort, but I'm very pleased with how it turned out, and I know you will be too. In fact, I think it's among the very best titles Detail and Scale has ever produced. Overall, there are almost 300 color photographs and illustration, more than 90% of which are in color. Following the introduction, the Thunder Chief History Chapter reviews the development and operational use of the F-105, including its extensive role in the war in Southeast Asia. Next is a chapter that covers each of the Thunder Chief variants in more detail beginning with the first YF-105As and going through the F-105F and F-105G wild weasels. Extended coverage is provided on the wild weasels to include an informative text that clears up some of the misconceptions about these important variants. And both general and detailed photographs illustrate all of the changes made to the aircraft as various systems were added and updated. Next comes a chapter on the armament carried by the Thunder Chief, and this includes more than 30 detailed photographs and illustrations. The focus of all Detail and Scale series books is that of the physical details of the aircraft, and the Thunder Chief Detail chapter contains more than 145 detailed photographs and illustrations, more than 90% of which are in color. There are 26 cockpit photos alone covering all production variants. And more than 90% of the photos in the Thunder Deep Details chapter were taken of operational aircraft. The modeler section covers all of the Thunder Chief kits from 1144 scale through 132nd scale, and it points out the pros and cons of each. The backdating that needs to be made to the kits in order to build early F-105s in the natural metal and silver lacquer schemes are also covered in detail. Like all of our detail and scale publications, F-105 Thunder Chief in Detail and Scale is available in both printed and digital editions, with both the Kindle and Apple formats being available for the digital editions. To learn more and to order yours, visit our website at www.detailandscale.com. Happy bottling from Detail and Scale. Now back to the Model Geeks podcast. All right, uh, moving on with some geek news. So just want to, again, kind of touch on PaxCon. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to participate in any of the planning meetings just because I've been here in good old Jacksonville. But uh, PaxCon, again, it's coming up, our inaugural show. Uh, It's the 7th of October uh, this year over in Hollywood, Maryland at the Hollywood Volunteer Fire Department. Um, Please hop on uh, the the PaxCon website. the website. Uh, we've also got uh, a pretty uh, good amount of information on the actual our, uh, SQMD. It's a Southern Maryland uh, Modelers website. Um, so if you guys have any questions or you need any more information, you can always hit us up or you can check out the websites again. Um, and uh, so I hope to see everybody there. Uh, 
Anyway, um, also... Can I I add a few things? Yeah, sure, sure. I was going to say, Tim, go ahead and add uh, uh, an update. Yeah, so so I, you know, of course, go to all the uh, PaxCon meetings. And um, 196 days from today, as we uh, do our uh, recording, and so that's roughly six months. Um, there's uh, we're going to have 79 vendor tables. 58 of them are still available, and uh, we've got 40 um, competition tables. These are eight foot tables, and uh, so lots of room to bring models. We haven't uh, locked in on uh, pricing and and or limitations, and because. Uh, one of the discussion points is we might have uh, we might limit the number of models per category, but uh, otherwise you can bring as many models as you can bring. Because uh, what we're trying to avoid is you know we get somebody like uh, Frill decides he's going to unload his uh, cabinet and uh, bring it down to the competition. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, we've got ten display tables, five of which are already. Uh, and these are display-only tables, five of which are already spoken for. There are uh, other clubs that are in the region that uh, have, have said, hey, I, I'd like to just bring uh, bring some stuff down from our club and show them off. We like doing that at all the shows we go to, and we want to make sure that we offer that up to the, the clubs in our region. And, and by the way, one of those tables are from Las Vegas. Uh, that's Those guys are going to come over cool. all this way just for our show. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So Man, that's plenty, aw- that is awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's great. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Plenty of sponsorships yeah. available. So it, whether somebody wants to sponsor an awards package or they want to just sponsor the show in general, um, just go to the website and you can do everything. Pay for it online if you want. Um, I do accept checks and I do accept PayPal, um, but uh, you, you got to contact me directly if you want to do that. Because uh, um, what's the best way to contact you, Tim? Um, through the website, there's an info, um, email you just shoot. It's, gotcha. Uh, yeah, it's cool. Basically it's, um, it's what S O M D dot scale modelers at gmail.com. Cool. Yeah. Good and, deal. Uh, that, that way you'll get, and if you want to ask one, anybody else about the show, um, I could pass it on to anybody, whether it's Vince, uh, Scott or uh, frill. Yeah, man. It's they're working on, or Darren, cause they're all working the show as well. It's going to be like the best show ever. I think so. Yeah, we ever. just uh, just ordered T-shirts for everybody. I know. I'm yeah. excited about it. And I'm looking man. forward to those. They, they went, are going to uh, be cool. Yeah. yeah. So I've, I've been in contact with uh, Chris Mattings after giving your after getting your approval to go ahead with the you know inside yes. the armor. He's offered up to do the artwork for a uh, a PaxCon specific decal sheet. It's pretty freaking cool, yeah. man. Yeah. Thanks, and, Chris. Um, so the. Uh, the idea is uh, we're going to, you know, in, in thinking about a, a topic, we decided um, we'll do pack, you know, NES packs, test uh, aircraft, uh, tail logos, tail markers, the various tail markers that have been on the aircraft throughout the years. Cool. Uh, yeah, I figured that that's a good way to just encompass everything packs on one sheet, vice trying mm-hmm. to pick out specific aircraft. Um you know, because from the tail logos, you can usually do with ed- whatever type airplane was, has been operated here through, uh, throughout the years. Um, you know, and, and you know, so I'm, I'm in. I'm in contact with him. Just got an email from him yesterday. He was on the road, uh, and he's ready to. You know, I just get, I just need to bang out the research and get him the uh, some try to get some decent photos and try to get some uh, sizing and things like because I'm, I'm thinking seventy second, thirty second, forty eight on the sheet. 
should should encompass a normal size decal sheet. Yeah, yeah, you know, for for plenty of options. Um, And, you know, throwing it all to the club. I know we have some guys in the club that are really up on PAX history. So to to you fellows that are in the club that are listening, uh, if you have um, photos, references, et cetera, Please uh, hit me up at the at whether it be my through the email club email whatever or uh, or at the next meeting uh, you know and because I need to get the the ball rolling on it of you know 196 days that we said Tim that's right from so, today boom need to get <laughs> need to make <laughs> it happen yeah uh, so looking forward to getting out together and, and getting it uh, getting it done sweet yeah it's awesome it's, it, it, yeah. I mean for our first show I think. It, um, hopefully we get a, a, a huge turnout. It'd be great. Um, but yeah, thanks, um, Whitey and Tim for, for the update. And, uh, hopefully everybody can, can make it down, um, or up to PaxCon, um, here in Maryland. And again, if you got any questions, just, just let us know. If you have trouble finding the website, let us know any questions at all. Um, uh, just let us know. Happy to, uh, happy to answer them and hope to see everybody there. All right. Uh, what about some new kits, products, stuff on the street? Um, I, I haven't really seen a whole lot just because I've you know just been down here working a lot, so I haven't had a chance to check the interwebs. I know one of the things I mean that I was looking forward to was uh, Katari came out with their 30-second scale Spitfire Mark 1A, and it's out now, so I've seen pictures of it online. I've even seen a few um, just kind of you know test shot build or test builds, meaning not a test shot but they're testing out the aircraft how does it glue together how do the pieces fit together you know taping everything with with uh together to see how it fits and it looks fantastic so far so i'm pretty excited to get one of those i don't know how easy or hard they're going to be to get hopefully well they won't be too difficult uh so if you're looking for a, a really super accurate uh, mark one uh katari that 30 second scale kit's going to have you covered and then I know uh, Jeff over at Furball is coming out with some pretty cool new decals. One of them, he's got an F-16 sheet. Yes! Coming out with some two-seaters, uh, some cool schemes on He's also got uh, the YF-23 sheet that he's got coming out, which is cool. Um, and then also I want to give a shout-out to Mason Dupnik. Um, he is coming out with an H-53 book. And um, so that is – I'm super excited about that. Maybe that's the push that I need to finally – um, get started and working on mine because I never took any pictures of it. I, I flew the damn thing for I don't know how long, and I never took any real like detail pictures of of anything, whether it was the cockpit or the rotor head or nothing. I don't have any. I have like a few of me standing in front of it, and that's it. What a dumbass! I don't know why I didn't take any pictures, and so um, I'm sad. I know, I know. I get a freaking below. And head work for this one. Um, so anyway, so Mason's going to send me a copy. So thank you again. I just wanted to say thank you. And please, folks, if you need an H-53 book, um, I'll, I'll give a good review, but I'm sure it's going to be awesome. So, um, you know, I wish we could get Academy to produce more of those kits because like, the last show that I was at, guy had one of the Marine Corps H-53s in the wrapper from Academy, and he wanted like 200 bucks for it. And I was like, Dude, like, yeah, the prices on them are pretty. It's just crazy. so expensive, and I had heard a while back that the academy was going to rebox. They were going to repop it. They were going to produce it again. And I have that was like a year and a half ago. I haven't seen it, so I think that might have just been rumor mill. So Don't you have that, like six in your stash already? I, I have it. I think I've got four. 
<laughs> Wolfpack needs to do that. They're yeah. really popping some Japanese and yeah. and Academy kits. They need to and putting in new decals. They need to do that. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. To, uh, I, I really should build one. I don't know why I haven't built one. I, I guess I, just, I don't know. Anyway, I know I, I get so much crap and flack from everybody for not building one, and like I don't I don't have an answer other than. I don't know. It's not because I'm like, oh, I want it to be perfect or whatever. I'm just, I don't, I don't know. I don't know why I haven't built one. I think ResKit makes a nice rotor head. Yeah, I got it. I got all that ResKit. I got like 500 bucks worth of ResKit crap for the stupid ass thing. Maybe that's why. I don't want, I just don't want, it's going to be so much work. I, I, no, no. Yeah, that would definitely be a project that you got to stretch on. Yes. Yeah. Just the, just the rotor head alone, man. Jeez, oh, Pete. That is like, Mm. that's, that's a kitten. Uh, in its own, in yeah, <laughs> yeah. So anyway, well, those are all the new, some of the new stuff that I've seen. Anybody else got any anything to add to some of the new products uh, and things they've seen? I know we've talked about the kinetic two uh, seat F sixteen D that's oh, uh, yeah. on the streets now, and I think hyper. You know, we neglected oh, to yeah, yeah, get yeah, photos yeah. of it when we were looking yeah. at it, but the uh, but there are spruce shots up there. Looked on, really uh, nice. It was on hyperscale. Yep. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Yep, and also it it does. Someone asked on one of the emails about um you know after we mentioned that we had seen it, asking about and again I'm not an F16 aficionado enough to you know they were like hey does it have the big mouth intake? So it has the Pratt and Whitney. Does it have the GE? Yeah, all these questions with and it and that kit does. So from that kit you can do big mouth Pratt and Whitney engine, GE engine, whatever. So I would guess that means you can do a B model from it. Again, you can. Not, not being let me yep. you know caveat with that but okay yeah, you, like the again i'm I'm not i'm not like a um i'm not an f-16 expert either i don't have any document but i think like the so the different block numbers go with the different like i think if it's a block like 30 40 or 50 it's the i think it's um the ge motor the bigger motor but not all of them have the big mouth intake some yeah. some, some you'll have like the it'll have the ge motor but it has the nsi the smaller intake. So yeah, I'm, right. I'm not the expert either. <laughs> I, I just think they look there's cool. There's going to be uh, different gear doors and different, you know, there's yep. all that different you landing know, gear. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I see kinetic running with this and going, you know, m- myself personally, I want to do a, an eight early eighties Israeli one from yeah. like the uh, Baka Valley campaign. Yeah, man. And I know there was stuff's out there to, to do a mod, uh, but I, you know, I, I got to think that they're going to yeah. kinetics is going to take that kit run with it because god knows yeah. they're gonna you know f-16 so much so many different mm. variants you can a do a two-seat f-16 hmm, 48 scale hmm, is it gonna sell yes hmm. god some of the other manufacturers maybe some of the bigger well-known ones maybe 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 if they did a two-seat f-16 i wonder wonder how that would yeah anyway cool um what else anything else any other new products any other new things you guys have seen yeah, the- I'll be the uh, odd guy and, and talk about 172nd scale. There's, I uh, guess. Go ahead. Yeah, I know. There's actually two <laughs> F84F Thunderstreaks that have been announced. One has actually already been released. Cool. Um, just within the last week by Sword, um, which, of oh. course, is limited run. But Special Hobby also announced one, and they yeah. actually released their uh, um, sprue shots this week from their test, uh, test shots. So. That's definitely going to happen probably later this year, and uh, I'm looking forward to the special hobby one. They've been uh, it pretty much. Uh, it looks like in the sprues you could do every variant of an F84F 
um, the Thunderstreak variant. So now they just need to mod that mold just a little bit so that they can do the uh, RF bird too. Sweet. There's a lot of marking options for those those yep. birds, but yeah. And and I'll leave the other stuff for some other some other time. But yeah, that's that's probably the biggest one. I mean, there's a cool. whole lot of new stuff coming out for 70 second scale. That feel free to mention them. Yeah, this is what's well, good about having you on board right now. You, yeah, because yeah, we get, we get this true. other perspective, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, well, there's uh, um, Edward is uh, releasing a 109 Fox in uh, 72nd scale, which uh, um, they for years they've been talking about uh, downscaling their 109s, uh, their late uh, war ones. And uh, they finally did the S199, I think it is. The, oh, that's the, the one uh, that, yeah. We've seen yeah. that one. Yep, <laughs> it that looks one good. we've already seen. Yep, it's <laughs> builds uh, yeah, well. It, Exactly. And then the, uh, um, so they're releasing the Fox later this year. And then, um, let's see, what else is out there? Oh yeah. There's the, uh, fine molds is releasing a F 15. Uh, hopefully they'll release the whole family and, um, see that's uh, big news, right? Oh there. yeah, man. Yeah. Wow. I yeah. mean, that's something all I'm new actually, tool, all new tool. Um, their, wow. uh, the latest update was they're working on the mold. So they, they're showing little pictures of the molds as they, uh, as they go. And uh, I'm looking forward to that's actually something I might get because uh, yeah. I've been holding yeah. off on a on an F-15. I built one 35 years ago, and um, haven't built one since. And probably and have kind of been holding off on building one because I uh, there's just never been a, a really good kit that I was willing to spend the money on. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, cool. But there's I mean, there's a there's a lot of other good stuff, but I think that's the that's, that's the, the cream of the crop. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. probably the, the biggest, biggest news. I just cool. had an idea for a new segment that we do. What's that? What's that? Each episode we bring Tim in to give the 170 seconds. Skill- yeah. <laughs> Done. <laughs> you know? Done. Yeah. 172 update. Got yeah. it. Yeah. And, and I won't, I'm the kind of guy that won't leave out the 144 guys either. There's, there's oh. actually uh, an XB70 that's been announced. Oh, that would so, be that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. That'd be yeah, huge. That scale, that's still pretty yeah, big. That'd be yeah. big. It's yeah. still a big. Yeah, that's still a big kit. Yep. Yep. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, I'd be glad to do it. Yeah. Farrell, you got any? You got any? You got anything to add? Nah, man. I okay. haven't really. All good. Seen anything? Yeah. No worries. All good. All right. Well, cool, man. Uh, just one last uh, uh, tip or one not tip, one last little bit. Uh, what about, uh, what you guys have picked up? Um, I'll just ask you for real. Have you picked up, you picked up anything lately? Um, yeah, actually this happens to go down as like the fastest screw brothers delivery that Uh-oh. I think I've ever received. <laughs> and, uh, Whitey hit us up on the, in our geeks chat. He's like, Hey, screw brothers has the, uh, yeah. AF3S guardian on sale for 26 bucks what so, that's all that's all it's not free but it's almost free it's pretty close to free yeah, it's pretty, pretty close, close. That kid. that's free and, with and inflation that's free with well, and it's the one with the mad boom and so kind of one one so whitey and i went and we put an order in with screw brothers and then i also picked up the gentner book on the guardian and also the uh the btd1 destroyer Cause I got that. I picked up that old backform kit a couple months ago, one of the club meetings, and I wanted to mess around. <laughs> what the hell with that, are you thinking? So. <laughs> I don't know. Try something different. A little backform. Good luck. And it's a nice little kit, though. Cool. And so I'll mess around with that. And so I got those two books. I picked that up, and uh, that's about it for me. Cool, man. Whitey, how about you? Did you pick up anything? Well, yeah, same in the uh, the special hobby guardian. Um, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, to, that's a pretty good to, deal. To, 
expand on that a little bit. I already have one in the stash. Again, oh, stash okay. monster. There we go. However, with that kit, you can build any version of okay. the Guardian. Um, aside from a fire bomber, yeah, it does. It doesn't have that part in there. However, you know, from it, you can do because the Mad Boom attachment uh, comes as a resin piece that you attach to the side. Yeah, yeah. But otherwise, you can do the the killer version or the guppy version, the, the hunter version. Um, so again, from that boxing, you're all set. And also looking at the sprues, special hobby went back and fixed, you know, the, 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 the two initial boxings had, um, some wonky looking main wheels, uh, the sprue, the, the, um, spokes were wrong and they just weren't very well detailed, but looking at the kit, they went back and they fixed that and they actually took, you know, CMK's resin wheels and, they're really they're, they're copies. Of, I think Special Hobby and CMK are in bed together. You know, they're they're the same yeah. folks, and so they you know, however you want to look at it, they took the plastic and and made the resin, or they took the resin and made you know whoever mastered the resin ones did redid the wheels for the kit. So if you have that box, and again, you can do whatever Guardian you know some the, the earlier ones, yeah, or or right up to the uh, you know this this particular which I'm kind of on the I I might do the the one with the Mad Boom because it has the option for a uh, the gloss gull gray over white scheme with the yeah reserve the orange, orange band. band on it. Cool, it looks kind of cool. Um, so yeah, I, I again I saw that on the Lightning deal for Sprue Brothers. Hey man, what do you think? You know, and the, yeah, sure, let's pull pull the trigger on it, man. And, and like Phil said, it was here in like two days. Yeah, I ordered it. Uh, what was it? Tuesday afternoon, like around lunchtime, and then. I was walking in from physical therapy on Thursday and I saw a box on my deck at like 11 o'clock and I'm like, what the heck is this? And so I let it sit there. So I thought it was something for the wife and I went back <laughs> at like three and I'm like, oh, let me go grab that. So I go on the, on the deck and grab it. And I'm like, oh, Sprue Brothers. And I was like, there's no way it came that fast. And yeah, yeah sure enough, man, I think got here in like speedy delivery, was, man, for the, geeks. that was standard shipping, like standard. Wow. And I was that's like, awesome. man, that was quick. Awesome. He must My have saw your name and said, yeah, make this a have. rush order. Yeah. But for the listeners yeah. out there, they special uh, special hobby has released a separate boxing for each one of those aircraft. So you got the hunter version with the the gup, you know, the radom on the bottom. You've got the mad boom one, the one that we got, the mad boom, and then they got the hunter one. And they have separate boxings for all three variants. But if you get the and I don't know if the newer boxings of the um, 2W have it, but the earlier ones had all three um, belly inserts. You had the fire bomber one, you had the, the weapons bay doors, and you had the guppy as well. So, so with the cool you know, with the earlier boxings, you can do all three variants out of that one box. You just got to source your your decals for the fire bomber version. If you don't go out and buy the fire bomber kit, so cool, man. Awesome. And let's see. Also. Um Shout out to George of uh, Tamiya USA. Uh, he's hey, George. 48 scale, uh, the, the British Challenger 2. Sweet. Desert, Desert Tank. Oh, yeah. So uh, they pulled me back into the armor scene again. Uh, yeah, they suck you. Just when you armor. think you leave, they suck you back in. I, th- yeah. I think I mentioned one of the shows. Yeah, ODO, I was looking around for one. Couldn't find one. And, and, and George hit me up off the side. It was like, hey, man. Give me your address, bro. That's <laughs> awesome. I was like, really? All That's right, man. Awesome. Uh, so I'll go ahead and uh, I, I'll get cranking on that thing, and, uh, and cool. We'll talk about that in a future show. Awesome. It looks like a great kit in the box. Still, looks real yep. nice. 
cool. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it falls together. <laughs> and real quick, yeah. I want to give a shout out to Chris Meddings as well because he hooked me up with something for the Claude, and I appreciate it. Cool. All right, Tim, how about you? Did you pick up anything? Yeah, I picked up a couple of things. I uh, I made a purchase with Big Plane Kits uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, on Wednesday I got um, noticed that it was in Kiev awaiting shipment, and it's uh, a pair of uh, P8 Poseidons, I guess that's Ooh. what it's called. Yeah, one for me and one for Frill. Yes! Add another what? one. Yeah. yeah. Well, because I want to do my first one. The one that uh, I've been kind of tinkering with is going to be 951 from VX20 that I flew on. And then I'm going to do another one in my old squadron VT8. So. Man, you, when you build, you build one of those and you show them to people in the PAX area... You're gonna be they're gonna be asking you to do commission stuff and oh, build me one bill. Me. Man. Well there you go. Charge them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, who's, on, ch- who's on who's on a thousand dollar bill? Anyway, oh. whatever president whatever dead president is on that uh, bill, you just tell them, hey, just, yeah, just put one of those, those on the table. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, give me two. Ta- I'll take yep. two, Utah. Give me yep. two. Utah, yeah. give me two. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, cool. the, the, yeah, the other thing I did was uh, Thursday, I took the wife up to the uh, uh, Fleet Reserve Club in uh, Annapolis and treated her for lunch. And and then she, uh, since we had a little bit extra time, she said, hey, isn't there a hobby shop up here? So, of course. Why, I, yes, there is. Yeah, as a matter of fact, there is. We swung by <laughs> uh, Star Hobby and I, I picked up some paint because I needed some yeah. uh, I needed to get a refill on some uh, some of the Tamiya Japanese colors. And uh, uh, while I was there, I checked their models and sure enough they had a fujimi a4 enf um in 72nd scale of course and and it um something that it's it's the best it's the best uh a4 kit um yeah for i i just finished the uh hobby boss one for uh the group build last year for you guys and um it was not that great a kit um it was okay at best and um but when I built it, it's like I got to find me a, a a proper one and and redo the same same markings. Yeah, and uh, which is the fighting red cocks, and um, I want to do that one. Cool, yeah. good deal. Uh, Yakabar, 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 Yakabar. Get it right, man. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember for those of that. You that. For those of you that don't know, um, it stands for you can't beat a red cock. So um, just. Uh, and it's just abbreviated as Waikabar, and yeah. uh, we all have that secret handshake that we're former Redcocks. That's funny. That's awesome. Yeah. It's a quick sea story. I was on the Carl Benson, and they were in our air wing, and they were flying Hornets, and they had that yep. Waikabar on that strake. It's right there on the mm-hmm. on the side on the wing, top of the wing. But I remember sitting there asking one of the guys in the squadron, I was like, "Hey, man, what the what the hell does that mean?" He told me, and I was like, "Oh, it makes sense." And then I remember that when we pulled into San Diego to pick up the air wing, I guess when the, the SDO, whoever was standing SDO, wore a red flight suit. And I guess that was their color for like when they did special occasions was red. Yeah. And these jokers, no ship, or excuse me, no kidding, brought on a rooster in a cage, like a live rooster. Yep. I was just like, man, how are they getting that on the boat? Yeah, that's funny. That's yeah, awesome. Went everywhere. Usually the bull ensign was in charge of that. Yeah. That, that's like, that's uh, getting creative right there to be able to pull that off. That's yeah. was, we had uh and so when I was on the uh what was it, George Washington, we had VFA or VF one oh three when they were flying Tomcat still. 
And I was walking up on the O3 level and I happened to go by their ready room and the door was opening and I kind of looked over and I saw Ensign, um, was it Jack Ernie? No, uh, Ensign, the guy who said, remember me forever to Jolly Rogers and they have his skull and femur bones. Yeah. I don't I can't remember who, but yeah, they had the box there, the clear yeah, glass case so, that's there. Yeah. Yeah. The, the lieutenant saw me. I was like, Oh, sorry. I was just looking at that. He goes, oh, come on in, man. You let me come in there and look at it and everything. And the, the, the glass box and told me the story behind it how the uh they got permission from the family to have the the skull and femur bones and on their cag bird they always carry his name on the canopy rail for all their airplanes and they went and tell me the whole story behind it, it was pretty cool that's awesome that yeah. that kind of tradition stuff that's what makes me proud to be part of the navy yeah. proud to be a naval aviator and and be able to you know, even though I'm not a fighter guy, it's just, it's just the tradition that that's why I really, I really dug the, the Navy by sending the other, not that the other armed services are less, but you know, they're not, it's just, I was really proud to be a, a Naval aviator. So it was kind of cool anyway. Um, all right. So what did I pick up? Well, I had to pick up another Hasegawa F-16 cause that's just what I do. I don't know why I don't build the Tamiya kit, which is way better. I build the Hasegawa one. No, it's two seater. It's two seater. It's a two seater. It was a two seat, um, like a Sufa or something or other, or some weird, well, some weird one. So it was a limited edition. So I had to get one of those. And um, and then I got a Hasegawa forty eight scale Ki forty four because I'm on the Japanese kick, so I want to do some more Japanese stuff. And then I got a cool set of masks for my uh, the twenty four scale Airfix. Mark nine. Um, and then, uh, I picked up a, that resin limited edition, limited run H I think it's HPM, the L 39. So, but I don't know how long that's going to take to get here. Cause that's coming from, you know, over, I think it is it Ukraine might be, I don't know. Uh, anyway, um, took a while to actually get the order in, but the order finally got in. Those things are kind of hard to find. I found a place that had one, so I paid them. So we'll, we'll see if it ever gets here. I don't know. Uh, but anyway, I'm kind of excited to, to see that one. All right. Um, well, that's that's it for all the kind of the new stuff that we picked up. Um, just real quick, I want to just give a quick plug uh, for Bases by Bill. Hey modelers, have you ever struggled with how to display a contest winning model or a project you completed after many years of work? How about protecting a model you built for a veteran or family member? Well, Bases by Bill has a solution. Their museum quality display cases are the perfect way to protect and enhance that special model. Built by modelers for modelers, Bases by Bill display cases are available for any type of model and for any size. Check out their website at basisbybill.com to see their new range of Astro cases, available in 18 different sizes, or to get your own custom-built display case quote. Use the code GEEKS at checkout to apply a 10% listener discount to your order. That code again is GEEKS for 10% off. Bases by Bill, for all your display model case needs. All right, uh, let's move into just uh, quickly, I'm going to just touch on some of the shows and contests that we have coming up, of course, um, we talked about the best one in the world ever in the history of contests, PaxCon, um, coming up in October. So please uh, make sure and make it. But uh, in the more immediate time frame, we've got a couple in April. 
Uh, April 1st uh, is Mosquito Con up in Wayne, New Jersey, which is always a great show. So uh, hopefully folks can make it there. And then we've got a little closer to home. April 15th, we have the Model Classic in Fairfax. Um, and uh, I think we're all planning on being there for that one. So hopefully we can see folks um, at some of these shows. And again, if, if you guys make it to the shows, please come hunt us down, find us, come chat with us. It's usually the best part of the show. And, and recently, that's really all we kind of spend time doing is just talking to people, which is a blast. Really, really enjoy it. So please, if you see us, come come and say hi and shoot the shit, uh, talk models. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun. For all the other uh, um, IPMS uh, events, please check the IPMS website. They've got a, under their calendar, they've got a list of all of the, the different shows uh, throughout the, the U.S. Um, so uh, give, them a, give, them a, give, them a, give them a look. All right. Um, and also, for, uh, just a quick uh, plug for Nats. Um, that's uh, the IPMS National Convention um, in San Marcos, um, Texas. That's the second through the fifth of August. Um, you know, please try and be there. They had they've shown some pictures recently of the the awards. They're like belt buckles, like rodeo style, like belt buckles. Um, so that would be kind of cool. Um, you know, I think the awards look pretty neat. And there's just so much to do around that area. If you're not from that area, um, San Marcos is kind of between San Antonio, Austin. So it's kind of nestled right at the, the outskirts of the hill country. Just kind of a neat, um, a really, really cool uh, area of the world if you haven't been there. Uh, the only thing, it'll be hot. So don't don't leave your models. If you're going to go grab a bite to eat, if you're driving, please don't leave your model inside like the anywhere in your car. It's going to melt. So so please, uh, please. Please think about that whenever you're uh, when you're driving to the show. Um, anyway, so there we go. There's a quick update on all the shows we got coming up, and hopefully we can see folks uh, see folks there. Be great to always talk to everybody. All right, um, real quick, we'd like to to give a uh, a shout out to the best decal manufacturer ever in the history of decals, and that would be Furball. So uh, let's let's hear from our, our awesome friend over at uh, and sponsor over at Furball. Hey, modelers, Furball Jeff here. Are you tired of boring, underperforming, or inaccurate decals that just plain suck? Not to worry. Furball Aero Design has you covered. We have an extensive lineup of ultra-high-quality aircraft decals covering U.S. military aircraft subjects from World War II to the present day. Our extensively researched decal sets are printed to the hobby industry's highest quality standard, cartograph of italy only cartograph can capture minute details with stunning fidelity the colors on our sets are printed to match u.s federal standard colors for maximum accuracy every furball set has numerous options and include lavishly illustrated detailed placement guides our decals have minimal carrier film and will give the markings on your model that painted on look so if you're ready to take your build to the next level Check out our website at furballarrow-design.com. That's furballarrow-design.com. And now, back to the geeks. Uh, moving on to Hobby Shop shout-outs. We actually did get uh, a shout-out from uh, our good friend Martin Drayton. Um, thanks for the shout-out. He was at Hannett's, the main store in Suffolk, England. Now, Martin was going on and on about not just how awesome now tim have you ever been there have you been to hannett's in the actual hannett's uh main not shop a, not the one in suffolk no okay. it was two 
for all the work I, where I was working, it was just a little too far out of the way. And it, it ended up being a, a one day just to get there. Oh, geez. So it would have had to have been a three day event for me. Oh, wow. And that was, and, and I never could get a three, three days off. And when I, well, I take it back. When I did get three days off, yeah, Suzanne gonna... flew over. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So it was, uh, yeah, it was just not something that was easy for me to Got do. Got it. Well, Martin was going on and on about how just not just the products that they have and how the shop is set up and just absolutely incredible amount of um, stuff, but just how cool the people were and how much fun it was. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, 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 I think that we should do a geeks trip one of these years. We should try to go see Telford and then go up to hand. We, we should try to set this up. I think it would be a lot of fun. I've always wanted to do that. And, um, you know, the, so we should, I wish we could do that. I really, I really wish that we could. I think it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, um, you need to make it a, a three for, yeah. and, um, also get on the, uh, see if you can get the Hornby Airfix guys to go. Oh to yeah. The, that would be factory. awesome. They've be done cool. that for some of the British, uh, podcasts. Wow. So you might be able to talk them into that. Yeah, we should we should try to do that. We should that that be a, that would be an incredible trip. I, as well as I wish we could do the uh, Tokyo go to Akubara and be able to go hit all the sh- all the shops, you know, every day. We'll, have, we'll need Matt for that one because Matt is like he could be our little tour guide, you know. So uh, maybe we can all do that one day. Uh, but Matt, you probably need to build a model um, if you haven't already built one, which I don't think you have. <laughs> Anyway, we love you, Matt, but build a model, dude. Come on, man. Anyway, and uh, also I always like to put a, a little, uh, um, you know, little prop out there for Frontline Model Kits and Hobbies in Stanton, Virginia. It's just a neat uh, hobby shop. Is when um, we talked about Star Hobby in Annapolis as well. Really, really good paint uh, selection. And, you know, not a huge model selection of kits, but but some some decent stuff there. Um, so, yeah, those are there's our hobby shop shout outs. Um, and if you got any questions about hobby shops or you have some uh, some shout outs you'd like to give some some specific shops, just let us know. Please drop us a line and we'll be happy to talk about them on the show. All right, moving on to uh, a tool and tip. So this one is uh, just something that I personally like to do. Um, you know, and, and it's we're talking about um, when you're having trouble with maybe some stubborn decals maybe not conforming or, you know, if you're trying to put it on top of say like some rivet detail, like or some sunken in some recessed uh, rivets or panel lines, I like to use a brand new exacto blade. So not one that's kind of new, but a brand new right out of the wrapper stuck on the blade. It's absolutely brand new. It's the perfect thing to be able to hit some of those stubborn areas. If you need to, you know, uh, pull the, or, or, the exacto uh, blade through like a a stubborn uh, panel line that's not wanting the decals not wanting to sink in or whatever and conform to just run a nice brand new exacto blade through it and then hit it with a little bit of uh, setting solute or you know some sol or whatever uh, particular solution that you like to use and then just leave it alone don't don't mess with it um, and then it'll also it'll take a wash really nice I've also found. Um, if you need to like, just gently poke, like if you've got a bubble, just gently poke it with a, um, with a brand new exacto blade. It works better than like a needle. The needle's still pretty dull compared to a brand new exacto blade. So, um, that's, that's what I like to use. I don't like to use, um, so I've seen some people use, like I said, needles or, 
you know, uh, uh, other types of maybe some scissor pointy ends of scissors, anything with a, a pointy end, but uh, I'm telling you a brand new exacto blade. I pull one out every single time I'm, I'm doing decals. So anyway, um, anybody have any thoughts on that? I think that's, you guys probably all use the same thing too there with, uh, for silvering as, too. It's a good way yeah, to, to yeah. correct that. that. Was, yep. I had Darren come over and, uh, he showed me that this take technique when I was finishing up the, uh, P 47, the big, uh, big scale one. And cause I, my decals were just, they just weren't working even though they're, they were good quality decals. Um, but yeah. I had some that would just insisted on bubbling up and, uh, silvering yeah. and, uh, and he was like, walk me through it. And, uh, it's like, dude, where have you been all my life? <laughs> Even, and, uh, <laughs> I, I agree though. I mean, if you like, cause I had, I think it was the one Oh five. I had a lot of silvering on a lot of the decals. Cause it, some of them were old, the old monogram, like kit decals. And right. this is after I put the flat coat on, I just put a, a light, just very light coat of whatever setting solution. I think it was microsol or whatever. I don't think I used solve a set, but it was like microsol. And then I just very gently, Pop, 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 just t- kept tacking it with the with the end of a brand yeah. new blade, and then just let it alone. Boom, done. Yeah, all went away. And, and I've used that since then on two of my Japanese kits that I've do that yep. I did for the uh, uh, build for for the group build. Cool. And uh, and they were uh, one of them. No, actually, both of them. They were fifty year old decals. I what? mean, these are from the seventies. Yeah. Whoa. And they they actually worked. And, uh, I just, yep. I couldn't believe it. That's awesome. Yeah. It's yeah, a, that's so like, they look like they're painted on. I yep. mean, it's, it came out that nice. And, awesome. Uh, yeah. So it's definitely worth the, uh, that's a great tip. Yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, I, I had forgotten about just how well it also worked with silvering and just using the solution. So thanks for bringing that up, Tim. Appreciate it. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, well, moving on, we'll just, we're going to hit a mail call real quick. We got a decent amount in the mail bag. So, uh, again, thanks to everybody that's written in. I'll cert- I'll, I'll, I'll just lightly touch on every single one of them, but, uh, and then we'll dive into a couple of selected, um, emails. So I'll just run through them real quick. All right. First one we got was, uh, I just want to say thanks to Mike Fuller. Uh, he provided a pretty decent link for the PBY 6A link. Again, I appreciate you writing in to us. Um, um, we had uh, Billy Garcia. Um, he had, this is a pretty good one. He was just asking for some tips on some digital camo. He's building a Ukrainian SU-27. He just kind of asked, what's the best way to reproduce that digital camo? And we kind of talked about it as a group. And I think the bottom line is tape. <laughs> to me, a tape, right? <laughs> it, it's it's probably a little tedious, but just cutting strips, squares of of tape, and making out your own digital camo, I think that'll work pretty well. Or you can use, I think, uh, Tim, you had suggested cutting out some different patterns on like a uh, whatever right. the type of cutter that you use, a Cricut or yeah. what a Cameo. Yeah, or? I use a I use a Cameo, okay. a Silhouette Cameo, but uh, you can do it on a Cricut as well, and and essentially. Yeah, you just cut the squares, um, design the squares as you want, as big as you want, small as you want. And then you can, instead of doing individual little squares with Tamiya tape, you could do slightly larger ones. Uh, that's how I would approach it. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think I think they do make, I think it's Galaxy model. That might not be the right company, but they make some, I've seen... Um, some digital masks out of the kabuki tape, which is the, you know, Tamiya tape. So it's thin 
and that you can lay down in different patterns and it's already pre-cut and all those crazy digital schemes. So, but I think they're kind of hard to find, but, and, but I do think they're by galaxy model. So, so give those a uh, check those out as well. If you don't want to um, take the time to just lay the tape out, but I think I, I've got a MIG 29 uh, that I want to do a Ukrainian one as well. And it's got that funky, um, camo scheme on it with all the digital. And, you know, I think I'm just going to old school it and just cut out the pieces and put them on there. <laughs> you know, I don't know why it just, maybe it's relaxing. I don't know. I don't mind the masking because the result that you get in the end versus using like decals is, uh, it's noticeably different. It's a, it's a much better if you just paint that stuff. So anyway, but there's your, uh, there's your tip, Billy. All right. Um, Let's see here. Uh, I've also got one from uh, from Hans um, um, Gertje, um, and he definitely uh, had a few questions, a few comments, and uh, but he really he really liked um, the our suggestions that we gave him for some paint. So I guess uh, recently, uh, one of us it wasn't me, but somebody had responded and helped him out with some paint uh, questions. So he was thankful for that. He also really dug the, uh, he tried out the whole Tamiya flat black and model master Chrome dry brush and was kind of blown away. I just was like, yeah, man, I told you that stuff was good. And, uh, he, he commented that he, he wants an RF eight two for our wish for the wish list. Like he was like, absolutely. That's what he wants. So I, I think we're all in agreement. We would love anybody, whether it was be big T or Hasegawa or anybody to come out with a nice new tool, RF eight, uh, I think that would be incredible. So yeah, thanks Hans for the for the email. Appreciate it. Um, all right, the next one we got one from Dan Noffel, Um and he's asking for some decal help. So and uh, there's a wildcat that he's building, and he's building one that's got the the star um, with the actual uh, red dot in the center, and they're two different decals. So he's just asking us, hey, how what's the best way to go about? Uh, putting the two decals together, whether should you do them at the same time, do them separately. Me personally, I would lay down the star first, let it like you know, let it settle, let it dry, and then put the the dot on top of it afterwards. I wouldn't try to do them yeah. all at once. I don't know how. Do, what do you guys feel about that? What do you think the best way to do that? Same. So yeah, that, same. that's I've I mean, done that with uh, some British decals where they come three colors. You know, they give you the. Um, usually it's blue and white and then you get the yellow and the red and, yep. <clears throat> excuse me. And I, I've done those where I, I, I give it, I treat them like they're separate decals and I make sure they go down completely separately. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah. yeah. Don't try to do it at once. It's just, it's just tough. It's just hard. Yeah. So I wouldn't do that. Yeah, anyway. I agree. Cool. Yeah. Well, let hope- them dry a good, like next day, dude. Yeah. Oh, you know, 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, no, no reason to rush anything. That's it. Just leads to problems. So yeah, the decals just, for this Kika are the same way because it comes with separate separate white circles. Gotcha. And then you know, so I'll, my plan, I'll I'll do the white circles, and then probably the next day or or later in the evening, you know, give it a good while to to set yep. and dry, and uh, and then I'll come back and hit the hit the red on it. Yeah, I think that's definitely smart. Not only doing them separately, but just giving stuff time to dry. Don't rush it. You know, there's just, there's just no reason to, you know, it's just you're you, when you're trying to rush stuff or do it all quickly, 
you're just introducing the, the your amount of your risk of error just kind of goes up quite a bit. So yeah, just take your time, do them separately, and let us know. Thanks for the pictures, and let us know. Let us know how it goes. So thanks, I wonder, Dan. I wonder if people. Um, I wonder if it's a, a common thing for people to rush through decaling. You know, I I don't. I I let it go. I I like decaling, but I think I think a lot of people hate decaling. And so they would just, you know, you're at the, used to. <laughs> you're at the point of getting done. So I think a lot of people might rush through decals and, uh, and that's where you probably ri- run into issues. Um, yeah. but you know what, why get to that point in your build and yeah. then rush it and then, and then yeah. mess something up, you know, you, you've taken all this time to do this, this project. So take your time doing the decals too. You know, yeah. it's just like, you know, treat it like painting, you know, give it, give stuff time to dry and set yeah. and all that kind of th- good stuff, you know? Yep. Cannot agree more, Whitey. Yep. All right. Cool. Well, again, um, thanks, Dan. Appreciate the email. Again, appreciate you writing this. Um, the next one we got was from uh, Chris DeWinter. So he was a pretty lengthy email, but thanks, Chris. Um, but he was asking us about black basing versus pre-shading. Now, I don't, th- this could go, we could talk about this forever, but I don't want to talk about it forever, but just briefly kind of, I'll I'll say what I what I do what I think about it and you guys can chime in or whatever. But for me, it just I'm going to use the Darren answer. And and what I mean by that is it really kind of depends on what what ultimately what scheme are you going for, what finish are you going for? Because really, black basing is a form of pre shading. You're all you're doing is you're pre shading with you put the black down and you're putting the gray squiggles or marbling or whatever on top of the black. Um, and, and, and so it is a kind of pre-shading, you're pre-shading the surface before you lay your base coat down. And as far as, so you're just going with a black undercoat with gray on or white or whatever on top of it. Whereas what people think is basic pre-shading is you're just putting black on top of the gray plastic. So it's, it's just, it, it, it depends. I think with black basing gives it a little bit, um, the colors are a little bit, I don't want to say richer, but there it's definitely a different tone. There may be a little deeper. It's just, I don't know. I don't know the right term. I'm not using the right word here, but maybe a different hue. But if I, if you black base or you sort of gray base, um, when you put the base color on the top, it, the shade will be different. Um, so it's just, you have to figure out what do you like the look of, you know, cause I can do a TPS, um, a, a Tomcat or a Hornet or whatever, anytime a TPS type of, you know, painting scheme. And, uh, I, I can, if I, if I want to use the black basing, well, I want it a little bit darker, maybe have some little bit more definition, a little bit more depth. Well, then I'll use that, but I can get kind of the same effect with using, um, gray basing as well. So I'm not really answering your question other, other than it depends, and uh, you know which which one you feel more comfortable with, and what scheme are you are you trying to portray, and what are you trying to what the look that you're trying to get. So I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you prefer? What would you rather do? Well, I've done both, and uh, it, and again, it just depends. Yeah. Um, it it really does depend on what um, what scheme I'm trying to accomplish, how I'm trying to accomplish it, and and whether I use black basing or um, use a different color for basing again cu- de- determines what's the effect that I want to achieve in the finished product. So it, it just takes planning. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, do I have a preference? Not really. 
It just, yeah. I, when I sit down and think about the build and plan it out, it's like, okay, um, now the construction's done. What's my next step? Am I going to yep. black base it, base it with some other color or go directly to appreciate or just skip all of that and do something post yep. post paint? You know, yep. it just all depends. Yep. And I, I know some folks like they're, they think it's pointless to appreciate an aircraft for, you know, for weathering or whatever. And, um, my, my thought on that is I, I completely disagree. Again, this is just my thought is because it adds to the layers, you know, you don't, of course you don't have to pre-shade. Um, and, but I like to pre-shade. I like to post shade. I like to fade. I like to do all that stuff because it's fun and I really enjoy it. Whereas, and I, and I don't cover up what I have underneath, you know, it's not like I appreciate and then lay a super thick base coat down and, oh man, you can't see the pre-shade anymore. I've heard some arc, sometimes folks have said, oh, well, I don't like doing pre-shading because all I do is cover it up. Yeah. That's the whole idea, but you don't cover it totally up. <laughs> it's, you have the, the, you know, the kind of the litmus test that I have is when I know that I'm done p- applying the base coat is that I can't tell, is it pre-shading or did I post-shade that? And that's my sort of, okay, I've got the right pre-shade and then I'll go back and kind of post-shade some stuff. But again, I, I go fairly in depth with the, my painting because that's what I enjoy. Um, but yeah, I think it's just figuring out what what kind of scheme you're trying to portray and what what look you're, you're going for. Why do you feel you guys have anything to add to that? I think the only the only uh, scheme that I would even think to start off with a complete black base is if I'm doing a navy tack gray um, yeah. jet, like something like an A7, an F18, or something like that, where I know I want it to be weathered in the end. Um, yeah, you know, because then I'll 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 do that uh, overall black, and then do that overall gray, but be able to have that that um, ability to to make certain areas more weathered than others yeah um, yeah you know so uh, otherwise uh, black basing i'm not going to do on uh you know god knows if i'm going to do a um an overall glossy blue jet i'm not going to black yeah. base it if i'm going to do a gold white over gray i'm not going to black base it uh i'll probably appreciate something like that but i'm not going to black base it completely um you know so that, that's that's where i come from it cool Pearl? I'm the same way. And I know there's videos out there of people black basing, you know, white bottom, like on a Navy, you know, the gloss gold gray over white, black basing the, uh, on the white side too, and having no problems. But I would be the one that would, it would really screw my model up. So for like, when I go do the, um, F4, I'm going to, uh, I'm just going to appreciate that the underside and everything. I'll just yeah. Just using, way, but. using black. You know, or yeah, black, black brown, or gray, or, or whatever. Red yeah, yeah. On the bottom for like hydraulic staining. Yeah. And then, um, like, but like Whitey, you know, I've done it before where if I'm doing a Navy or an Air Force tactical paint scheme aircraft, I've, I've black based that before and then come in with like light gray and white and just try to, uh, differentiate. That way I'll use different colors when I do the marbling. So that way it shows up through the, uh, yep. I've 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 seen some pretty amazing like Daniel Zamorbide has done some really cool uh, pre shading with tons of different colors and shades and um, you know when I do I think one of my next builds that I'd really like to do is that thirty second scale zero from Tamiya 
and I, I want to use just like a, just all the browns and reds and blues and greens because uh, it, it really gives a really neat effect. Um, but I think as far as like straight up black basing, to me, the only thing that it really looks good on and it fits the mold is Navy modern TPS stuff. Uh, anything other than that, like I've seen some folks do it on like some Vietnam sea schemes. It just it makes the browns look weird. The brown looks and the light green look odd. And then on the, the darker green, you can't see it. So just have to think about what you're doing and not every technique fits with every scheme. So, um, you know, it's a good question. That's why I kind of wanted to talk about it is that, you know, experiment, pull your mule out, you know, do one part of the aircraft, black base it, and then gray base the other one and see which one you like better. Um, you know, and just, I mean, I, I, we, I, we play around. I have my, my mules are constantly getting painted cause I'm just, practicing and having fun and, and figuring out, well, that didn't work or, huh, well, that turned out a lot better than I thought it would, you know? So again, just try not to rush it and take your time and experiment and see what, what scheme works best for you. But if you're, if you're asking me what about black basing or gray, the only thing I'm black basing are TPS Navy stuff. So that's just me though. Uh, you know, I, you want to black base everything, have at it, have fun, man. Just, uh, you do you. All right. See, and in my haste to get this March Madness build done, I completely neglected to pre-shade my, my F8 Crusader. So now I'm going to have to, you know, I want it Go to back. look weathered. It's a, it's a, you know, operating off the Oriskany yeah. during Vietnam. It's going to be nasty. And, you know, so now I'm going to have to do a lot of post uh, yep. shade work or, um, you know, where I would probably go with Tamiya panel liner to highlight, you know, now I'm like, Oh, I'm going to use oils because with oils, I'll be able to get that, that nasty look on it, you know? Yeah. You know, so that's just one of the, you know, again, getting wrapped up in a, in a build and, and going, Oh shit, man, I already got a <laughs> primer coat down and I didn't. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Oh, well, that's, that's the life, right? Anyway, but anyway, thanks. Thanks for the question, Chris. And, uh, you know, you got any more questions on that stuff? Just, just shoot us, a, shoot us a line. Um, all right. Uh, let's see here. Uh, we got another email from, uh, Ken Freund and, uh, he's just on his wish list was the Kingfisher, a nice new tool Kingfisher in 48 scale. I think that would be kind of cool. Um, and, uh, the, another one we got was from, uh, Robert Perlman, uh, he was talking about clamps, you know, what clamps do we prefer? And I like the, um, the kind that don't have notches so that whenever you're tightening it, it doesn't have, uh, I, I want to be able to very precisely apply the amount of pressure, like kind of like, um, like a vice type of that you can manually adjust, but it doesn't have the click, 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 kind of like a hand grip looking style, like a vice grip style. I don't like those. I don't like the, the clicky time or the click clicky types because that one little extra click crack. Yeah. Too much. Yeah. It's just a little too much. So you want to be able to just gently. And then we talked about, I think it was not the last podcast cause I wasn't on the last one, but the one before that get some double-sided tape. If it's slipping, put it on the clamp, and uh so it'll it'll hold it in place um uh, but again that's that's um you know and we, i think we talked pretty extensively about different clamps and stuff on one of the past episodes so you'll have to get a chance robert uh, you can check those out but again thanks for uh appreciate the email all right the last one and this is gonna be kind of fun 
but uh so Xavier Perez was uh shot us an email and he is basically um he wants Whitey and Frill to uh to pronounce the I'm not going to say him cuz he's wanting uh, anyway so this is just for fun but if you guys pronounce we'll start with the first one um starts with the G so how would you pronounce that city in Texas Frill how would you pronounce it Rooney. Okay. Whitey? I'd say just Gwen. Okay. Tim, do you do you want to give it a shot? I'm I'm gonna be uh different. I'm gonna say green. Okay. Yes. Ding ding ding. Tim is the winner. Green. That's how you pronounce it. All right, the next one, B. The one starts with a B. How would you pronounce that one? For real? Borny. Borny? Okay. Whitey? Or Bernie. Bernie, I mean. Okay, Frill says Bernie. I go, yeah, probably Bernie. Bernie, okay, Tim. I'm gonna go with Burn. Okay, it's Bernie. Very good, Frill. But you cheated because you already knew it was Bernie. So that's <laughs> yeah, so I got Justin. That's why you corrected yourself. There. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um, in the last B, how would you pronounce that one? Buddha, but butter, like butter, butter. So you say butter? Yeah, Buddha. Or I'd probably go Buddha, Buddha. Why I'm do you? Gonna, I'm gonna say they probably go Buda. Buda. Yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna go Buda. Buda. Yeah. I think it's Buda. That's how I. That's how I've said it my whole life. So anyway, <laughs> uh, I thought that was uh, Xavier. That was a good little fun little. Yeah. Green and Bernie. I, I agree. Those are just well, the first time I looked at those. I'm like, how the hell do you get green at a G R U E? Well. I guess if you're a hillbilly, that's just how you talk, and that's just you know that's just how it is down there in Texas. Kind of like well, Sam. I grew up in Arkansas, and that's how that's how we would pronounce it. There you go. There you go. Arkansas, Texas, South Texas is like the same thing. You know, that's yeah. Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, anyway, but Xavier, Massachusetts thinks- certainly has its share of cities that are spelled. Oh, geez. That make you know, Worcester is just. One ex- one prime example, you know, I'm, you look at that yeah. spelled out, and it's just not Worcester. I was going to say, Whitey, you could make fun of me all day if you were like throwing, "Hey, how do you pronounce this city?" I would sound like, yeah, I, I, I would sound like such an idiot, even more than I already do. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Anyway, well, thanks. That was kind of fun. Um, so hopefully, Xavier, you you got a chuckle out of that one. But um, all right, well, that is that's the mailbag. So that was kind of a, a thick fairly big mailbag uh, for the last uh, couple weeks. But again, thanks everybody for writing in. Really appreciate it. Um, it's always good to have uh, different, you know, thoughts and different questions and, and whether it's modeling or anything else, you know, it, it just doesn't matter. So uh, again, uh, just feel free to, to drop us a line um, and you can get us, uh, email us at contact at modelgeekspodcast.com. You can always, uh, reach us on the Facebook page as well, whether it's in the model shack or our actual model geeks page. But anyway, thanks everybody for writing in and, and, uh, thanks for listening. All right. Uh, so now it's time for everybody's, uh, favorite, uh, uh, section of our, of our podcast here. It's just our main topic. And, uh, so, um, we're basically going to talk about some techniques and some modeling ideas and maybe some uh, advice that we might have heard or, you know, seen on maybe a YouTube video or something that maybe we're just not all on board with. And so this conversation that we have today is 
is not, this is for fun. This is just, it's, we're just going to very lighthearted kind of talk about some things and it's just our view. Um, it's not the model geeks way or the highway kind of thing. You know, this is just how us as, you know, as Scott and Tim and Whitey and Frill, how we feel about, uh, some of these techniques and we'll just kind of chat about them. So you'll see where we're going once we, once we jump into this. So we'll just, we'll just start off. So, um, the first topic is uh, uh, wash. I've heard lots of folks talk about, oh, you've got to wash, uh, you know, they're, they diligently, every model they get, they have to wash the plastic because they want to get the release agent off. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's they absolutely, you have to wash the model. And so my thought on that is I, I'm going to say how many times in 52 years of building models that I've washed a model. That would be zero. I've never washed a model ever. Even when there's like re- release agent on there, I just wipe it off. I just, I look at it and I'm like, well, eh, just take a little bit of 91% isopropyl alcohol, just kind of wipe it off, take a t-shirt, look at, I might even use some spit from my finger and my mouth and then, well, okay, gross. looks good. Yeah, it is kind of gross. But spit, it works. There's some enzymes in the spit. You, you, you're talking like cracking open the kit. Busting yep. out the sprues and 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 literally putting it like in a di- dishwasher in the soap sink. And, and yes. all, yeah. I mean, yes. I don't. I've never done Break, it either. Yeah. Um, I don't out see a the point of that. And, yeah, you know, I don't. Um, no. Yeah, there's probably mode release agent on that plastic somewhere. Um, I've never run into an issue where something's not working for me because of, oh, that damn mold release agent's on there. Um, so, so I, unless I'll it's share. a resin aftermarket item, now that's a yeah. whole different. Oh yeah, that's topic. Different. Yeah, yeah, we're talking yeah, styrene. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll share that way back in the seventies. I when I was um, I had built quite a few models at that point, and and of course they you know were typical of a, a preteen. You know they they came out kind of anywhere from crappy to it's a toy to um wow this one's nice enough i'm going to hang it from the ceiling (laughs) well anyway the point is is that um i read in a one of the rare magazines i was able to get that oh you should wash your models and um get the mold release on just use a little bit of dish soap yada 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 so for the next 20 years i did that on every single model um until i was washing one and as i'm using the uh, an old soft toothbrush and I'm kind of scrubbing the plastic and I'm thinking, man, this is going to be the greatest model <laughs> ever. And suddenly a part pops off and goes down the drain. Oh. And of course, you know, I'm Don't. at that point, I'm like, I'm not going to take the elbow off and try it. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take the elbow <laughs> off from the drain. Uh, I puked because of the gross stuff that I had to pull that part. Yeah. Out. yeah. Uh, and so, it, and, and at this point I'm married. So, you know, the wife's like, Oh my God, what are you doing? You've destroyed our sink. You've got everything. I'm like, honey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it all back together once I quit puking. And, um, yeah. from that point on, I thought, do I really need to do this? No. I, I mean, I just, yeah, I started using a little <laughs> bit of critical thinking, you know, and it's like, I, I don't want to lose another part. Yeah. And then yeah. I realized, you know what? I'm using, at, at the time, I'm using enamels. Yeah. that The the thinner that I'm using when I thin my enamels out is going to be a heck of a lot stronger than anything you that bet. is going to be on that plastic. Because yep. it, it, I mean, it was, 
etching into it. Yeah. And then I started to get thinking about it a little bit more and realize that, yeah, you know, there's, there's enough stuff in the paint in the thinner yeah. that effectively it can kill it or clean it. Yep. So I'm like, yeah, I'm with you guys. It's like, I don't need to clean them. Nope. Now, do I? I've picked up uh, an old model, you know. Yeah, if it's like dirty and dusty, that's different. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And I've, but I've picked up old kits where, yeah, they had either dirt on them or when I broke open the plastic or in most cases, you know, it's just a paper box. You open it up and and you can feel the grease on it. Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm going to wash this one. But I I put a little screen over the drain and I make sure (laughs) that I'm not going to lose the part. Yeah, you've done it. Sorry, go ahead, bro. I've done it once or twice, but it was when I opened up the box and you can see the grease like rubbing on the bag inside. And I'm like, no, no, that's yeah. But even then I wouldn't, I've, I've wiped it down. Yeah. I had a plastic tub that I would fill with warm water with dish soap and I would, you know, I washed it in that. So that look at Mr. Smart guy with his tub. And if I lost any parts, they were in the bottom of that thing. So I have done it a time or two, but I don't do it for every build because before I paint, I wipe it down with isopropyl alcohol anyway to clean the surface. Yeah, so I don't have any. I think I think that's the that's the the idea. The idea is definitely like if you need to prep the surface, then prep the surface. But what you don't need to do is putting into a, a sink with dishwash soap and, you know, let allow like putting full sprues and letting it sit overnight. Like I, I read somewhere where the guy was like, yeah. no, you got to let it sit overnight. And he was putting like all these chemicals and stuff in the water. And I'm just like, dude, you don't have to do that, man. It's no. you, you, you don't. So it's just, I just thought it was kind of funny. And I was like, oh, I wonder, I don't know who you, hey, I just, mean, like, you know, yeah. Top rack dishwasher. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. Done. Easy. Yeah. Ah. And I'm sure I'm sure the heat from the drying cycle wouldn't ah, do no, anything no. to the Well, that's why you gotta stop it before then. You gotta catch it <laughs> before it goes into the drying cycle. Anyway, I think the recommendation yeah. for me would be you don't ever have to wash it. Um now, and I'm not saying that you don't need to prep it when if there's a part that you just maybe need to wipe down with some isopropyl alcohol, but you don't need to be washing sprues, putting them in dishwash soap and Windex and all this other crap. You just, you don't need to. So anyway. Now I have done it like, so to remove Chrome off a part. That's different. That's different. And you know, I soak it in Wesley's bleach white. That's my favorite thing to remove Chrome. Remove it in 30 seconds. Yeah. Removing Chrome from plastic is different. You're going to have to soak it. it. Yeah. 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 And then I'll, I'll always scrub it after that. Cool. Good deal. But yeah. Um, I mean, to each his own. If you want to plash your what plash wash your plastic, uh, have at it, have fun. You just don't have to. You don't need to. Um, so um, here's another one. This is uh, I saw a video for this, and I just kind of cringed a little bit when I saw the video. So this particular individual was uh, it was a video on how to apply decals, and what they did was they said they were following the directions of the manufacturer, okay, well, on the bottle. I think they were using, like, Tamiya, um, whatever the strongest decal setting solution is. So it's it's kind of an equivalent of Solvacet, Microsol. You know, it's it's a, it's not a setter. It's more of like the uh, MarkFit Strong, maybe, I think that Mark might have Fit been. MarkFit and MarkFit Strong. Yeah, MarkFit Strong, I think he was using. And there's a new one out, too, that's extra strong, I think, that's even better. It's more like a Sol. And 
so he put a little bit of the Mark Fit Strong down on the surface first, which that's okay if that's I, I don't go that hot. I usually use a setter vice a saw because I, I want to be able to move the decal around. But but it's not gonna it's you know, if you're good and you you put the saw down and put the decal on top of that, it it probably will help it adhere a little bit better. You just you don't have a lot of time because it's gonna start crinkling and wrinkling the decal. So just be careful with that. But um but what what blew my mind a little bit was he he put that down and then he lathered quite a bit of Mark Fit Strong on top of that and then very shortly thereafter like within a couple of minutes he took a Q-tip and starts pushing down on the decal that has just been lathered underneath with Mark Fit Strong on top with Mark Fit Strong and I think we all agree that if you're using those stronger setting solutions, what's the best thing you can do once it's on the model and you have the solution on there? What do you do? Walk don't away. You walk away. You don't walk touch away. it. And this guy was like pushing down with a Q-tip. And I'm just like, I mean, it, it oh, I just, that. Yeah, it, let gravity be your friend. Yes. Yeah. Just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. Yeah, and it, it was. I get why, right? He's wanting the decal to conform to all the nooks and crannies and pan. But this is just like a wing, and it had like a panel line, and he's like pushing the decal in the panel, and I'm just like, because <gasps> no. yeah. you know, don't. That's how you, you stretch a decal and, yeah. and tear it, or or you'll um, with the pressure with the it'll because if you don't leave that crap alone. It'll, it, cause it's what it's allowing it to do is sort of like become part of the paint. You know, it's, it's, it's like melting, melting it. Yeah. And so if you start pushing it with a Q tip or a paper towel or your t shirt or whatever, your finger, whatever, you, you just run the risk of jacking it up. Now, I'm sure there's some folks out there that are good enough. They're like, that's how I do it. Good. Then you do you. But for folks that are like me, there's no way. There's no way I don't touch. Once I put that on there, I walk away. I leave, and I also don't put like 20 pounds of that crap on. I put a very light layer, and I leave it on there, and I'll come back and take a look. And if I need to poke it with the, the you know, with a, a brand new um, Xacto blade, or if I need to, if a panel line's not, it's not conforming perfectly to a panel line, I'll just run the Xacto blade through the panel line, and then add a little bit more. Um, a little bit more, like very light layers. And so as it slowly, slowly, slowly builds. Now you can use, yeah, so. Also, you know, when it comes to decals, you know, we uh, we talked earlier about not rushing the process. Yep. Um, and not, um, the fine fine molds kit that I'm building right here, I've never built a fine molds kit. I don't know what the decals are like. So I'm not going to put this decal on and then hit it with solve a set. Yeah, who knows what's going to happen? Solve a set's hot, solve a set, you know. So I'm going to start out with Microset. You know, the most mild yep. of the products out there is probably Microset. Uh, so I'll, 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 I'll roll with that and then hit it with Microsol, the red bottle, to, yep. you know, get it into the panel lines. Now, if from there, if I'm not seeing good results, then I'll step it up. Uh, and then also what I'll do is practice you know first on, on the first decal i put on this thing is going to be the one on the underside yeah <laughs> and if i have one that is like an extra decal on the sheet uh even sometimes the manufacturer's name 
is a decal. So yep. you can use that on your mule and test out yep. whatever product you're planning on using. Like maybe it's compatible to Tamiya uh, stuff. So maybe I'll, I'll, I'll mess with that. Um, or, you know, and if it's not, that's going to tell you real quick when, if the thing, you know, shrivels up and disappears on you. Well, oh, yep. cool. Glad I didn't do that on my model. Um, but, you know, it, again, we, we could do a whole show on decal process. It, sure, it, yeah. It's, you don't yeah. rush it. And it, when it comes to anything hot, Saul in particular, or any of that, you know, Tammy is strong, you know, extra strong or stronger than extra strong is probably going to be the next product. <laughs> um, you, you just don't, don't touch these things, man. Cause you're going to wind up with a gooey mess. That's really the key. Whitey is just leave it a little. Once you have, once you get the decal positioned, it's settled and you put whatever your choice of solution is on top, uh, leave it, just leave it alone. Just walk away, give it an hour or two just to dry. And then if you need to go put another, Layer on, put another, and then le- again, leave it alone. And I, I've seen guys where they're like, yeah, I jacked it up because I was using the Q-tip. Squeegee, um, yeah, squeegeeing it trying out. To, yep, and it's just, you're you're asking for trouble. And two, I've had it take a, like a couple days sometimes for it to find, you know, for that. Oh, yeah, yeah. So don't like put it on and then like an hour later go to flat coat your model. Or no. You, no, it, no, yeah. Put the decals on. Let them sit for if you can. Like I'll try and let it sit for maybe two, three days. It's perfect. Yep. Because that stuff, it takes time for that stuff. And I'm, I'm the same way. I always start out with um, Microset and Microsoft. Yep. And if it goes down great with those, then I'm good. Yep. But then if not, then I'll hit it with the uh, the Solve Set. The uh, yep. The strong stuff. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a great. That's great advice. Yep. And do not let that stuff pool on your paint because it will eat right to your paint and yep. then you've got to go back and touch it up. Yep. Ask me yeah. I always, yeah, I always uh, take the, uh, a dry, literally a dry soft brush that's clean, never been used with anything else other than with um, stickers and decals. And I'll, I'll uh, wick away any um, uh, solution that is pooled. I'll wick it away immediately and just without, you know, if I happen to touch the decal, you know, that's a risk, but it's, um, it's one of those things where I just get all of that up. I, I put the solution down and, and just, and just do a, you know, five count, maybe three Mississippis, whatever, and then wick away, whatever's the excess. Otherwise it, um, it, it does, it starts bubbling up paint I or can uh, paper towels. I like bounty because bounty is not <clears throat> fibrous. Right. And it absorbs very well. And I've done it before, too, where, like what Tim said, when it pulls up, I'll use the corner of a paper towel just to kind of sit on it, and it, and it sucks up the, the excess settings. Yeah, that's. I think it goes back to the key, which is uh, you don't have to apply a, a ton of it on there. Don't don't no. put a whole mess load, just a very, very light layer. That stuff will do the trick. And if you have to do – I'd rather do multiple layers of light coats than one big massive coat. And again, it all goes back to take your time. There's no reason to rush. Why, why would you, if you spent all that time painting a model and putting it together, and then you're trying to rush putting on the decals and it, it, it's just a, it's a, it's a one way ticket to screwing it up is what it is. So just take your time, you know, it's just, uh, that's what I would do. Yeah. That finish line will always be there. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. Um, that should go on the back of a t-shirt. Um, <laughs> anyway, cool. All right. Uh, moving on. So that's, I think that's really some good tips on, on just uh, decals and be careful what you're watching on the old tuberoo YouTube, man. I've seen some tips on there and they're just, 
That's bad, 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 bad advice. So just be careful. Um, if you guys see ever see anything on YouTube or see something that's just like what, email us. Tell us about it. I would be anxious to hear it. Okay, so this next one is just kind of, um, okay. So I've seen a lot of people that they paint parts that are they keep them on the sprue and they paint them while they're on the sprue. Now I have to admit that that's a pretty handy Danny holder because it's it's already on the plastic. So why would you just why would, just paint it while it's on there? Well, you're gonna have to remove it. And then you're going to have to paint it again. So why would you not just remove the part, sand it, get it all nice and ready for paint, and then paint it? But, you know, you can fashion whole, you're like, but then I, how am I going to hold it? Well, there are clamps, like mini clamps. There are, I like to use, I take um, the end of a, uh, of a piece of sprue. I have a whole bunch of these things, and I wrap tape around the end of it. So I have these little plastic little sprue bobbers, you know, just little sticks and I wrap, uh, to me, a tape around the end of it. And then I can just stick the part to the tape. Um, I think Gabe uses, uh, like popsicle sticks with double-sided tape. Um, you know, there's, there's lots of ways that you can use, that you can take the part off the sprue so that you don't, cause you're going to have to repaint it. You're going to have to repaint the part where, um, whatever you painted where you're going to have to clean it up. So then you run the risk of trying to sand it or get rid of the, the actual, um, the little sprue attachment point. You're going to have to get rid of that. So I, I don't know. I just don't understand the, why paint parts when they're on the sprue, take it off the sprue, prep it, get it ready for paint and then paint it. How about you guys? What do you guys feel about painting parts on sprues? Yeah. I only Same paint thing. the ones that absolutely need it. You know, I mean, occasionally there's like a small, tiny part that, that you know, I, I'll paint. <clears throat> the only part that's uh, doesn't get painted is where it glues into the, yeah, into the aircraft. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, uh, you know, I'll paint those, but that's rare. Yeah, I mean, it it ends up because it always looks better if you glue it first, sure, and then paint it. I mean, yep. I, I'm always I always espouse build as much as you can, um, and then paint. Yeah, yeah, no, that, that's absolutely true. Yeah, I, I just and again, it all I think that. All, with all these things we're talking about, I, there, there's a there's a, a small element of it depends, but for the most part, I'd say, you know, for almost all applications, take the part off the sprue, you know, and and paint it all, prep it, and then get it painted all at once. It's just uh, it's just easier. And if you got any spare uh, business cards or old business cards, that's where you put the double-sided tape. That works too. A lot of yeah. stuff to those things. And then you can hold it with like a, in my case, I use a uh, um, clothespin yep. and then I spray on that. I use index cards. I have a whole, I always oh, have yeah. a stack of index cards that I use not only to put um, parts on, but I also use them to test out airbrush. So if I'm painting or whatever, I always yep. I always have a stack of. I used to use sticky notes, but those are too valuable. So I use the um, the index cards. Um, I always, I mean, I go through index cards like crazy. I'm always I'm always going through those. So anyway, all right, cool. Um, all right, here's one of my favorites. Uh, so there. Now it's not as big of an issue now. But it used to be this huge like movement with certain people <clears throat> that they thought future was like the devil. The devil, Bobby Boucher. 
that future is the devil. And I was like, why, what is this big? Like, why is everybody shitting on future? Like, do you know of any other, I don't know of any other um, solution that will give me, like if I dip canopies, they are freaking just crystal clear. Now helps hide a ton of scratches and, um, they get dipped. That was for you, Justin. Um, so we get the canopies dipped and, um, they, they're just super, super shiny and, and they're protective. Cause guess what? Then you can super glue them and they don't fog. So now I also thought with future, I used to use it as a gloss coat. I did. And I didn't have any problems with it. In fact, I think I sprayed future straight out of the bottle and I just didn't have any issues. So I never understood people like dumping all over future. Um, now if you don't know how to use it, then I guess it's not going to react very well, but I never had any problems. So I, I, and I still use it. I still, in fact, I tint it. I tint when I'm going to dip a canopy, I add a couple of drops of, um, like, I guess it's just black ink or you can add food coloring and then you, smoke. Yep, you can, smoke. you can yeah. get some any really of the clear colors, any of the clear colors. You get some really cool <laughs> effects on your, on your canopies. So anyway, how do you, I'm 100 on board using it for canopy applications. Yep. Yeah. You know, all, all all the stuff you talked about with canopy applications, sure. Um, but I don't. I'm not going to put it in my airbrush and shoot it and use it as a gloss coat, though. Um, I, I just there's gloss coat for that. Yeah, I I got uh, I I that's what I used to, but I used to use it. Um, I shot. I mean, it's an acrylic gloss, just like to yeah. me. It's just there's no real difference yeah. other than it's for floors, but it's supposed to be durable. Doesn't and, it yellow over time though? It I've does. People say no. it. I've I've never had it yellow. Okay. I've been I've used I've used Future for well ever since I heard about it back in the '90s, and uh, I never had it yellow. But then again, to be fair, you guys have seen where I keep my models in display. <laughs> They're out of the sun. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, if it, uh, gets a little sunshine or UV on it, that it could cause it to yellow. Yeah. It, mine looks just like that in a bottle. It's got that little slight little yellowish tint, yeah. tint to it, but I've never had clear. it. Yeah, yeah. It dries clear. And I've well, never had it yellow like, in aircraft. No kidding. It's like 25, 30 years yeah. old. Yeah. That's how old my bottle yeah. is. And and I think yeah, and, it still says future. And Whitey, yeah. I'm with you. Like I would not use it on a model for a gloss coat, uh, because it's not specific. It's designed for floors, not for models. So that's another one of the big kind of miss, you know, it's like using products that are designed for a car or a floor or a building or a window, whatever. It's not designed for plastic. So I'm going to use Gunsy or Tamiya that is made for plastic. Absolutely. You know, but I still have a bottle of future because that's what I'm dipping my canopies in, you know. <laughs> now, I know, right. I know the stuff's gone through a few name uh, changes in, in, in yeah. different countries. It's, you know, the current iteration here in the states is the pledge revive it. But now I'm hearing that even that's not available. That they're getting that they're just not making it anymore. Um, um, yeah, and there they have. They've caught according to everything I've read online. And so, and remember, you could believe 100 percent everything you see online <laughs> is that uh, the. Uh, um, that they've the what is it Johnson and Johnson I think they decided they they are no longer going to make that product for whatever reason Uh-oh. and um, yeah so a, a run has currently gone on the product but yeah, there's, I think it's uh, pretty hard to find right now yeah it is and uh, one guy online though ran a video and said hey there's this other product 
that looks the same. And he, he did a full on test and used it exactly as you it would, was yeah. bias. John bias, I think is his name. Anyway, um, he, um, he ran a full test on it and, uh, and said, Hey, it, it behaves in all the same ways as future did. So, uh, as far as he's concerned, you've got, and, and he actually said in a couple of cases, it seems to be a little better. Oh, wow. He thought, yeah, he thought that it coated canopies just a little better on a dip than uh, Future did. So, wow. yeah, I'll, I'll eventually try it, but I got, I've got i got a lifetime supply of Future, so there I probably go. will never need to. Yeah, yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, I, I remember, and I tried this once, once, one time. Um you, there were guys swearing you could use it as a, a decal softener and setting solution. And I tried it and it was. I've heard of people doing that. And it was like, yeah, okay. Um, but no, uh-uh, yeah. it didn't work. Again, it, I it's mean, it, made for floors, you know. Yeah, well, it, I mean, <laughs> I remember that model that went in the trash <laughs> and uh, it, uh, um, it, it, it had dried really thick and the, the decal looked like it was not smooth. Now, oh, if I yeah. had taken going back one, if I had taken the uh um Q-tip and squeegeed out all the excess uh future, <laughs> it probably would have worked out great. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah, well future's that, not yeah. going to Yeah, that would that yeah, you would be you'd be you can certainly be okay to. But that's yeah, it's like again, it goes back to all this stuff. It's it's excess. Like you don't you just don't need to if you're dipping canopies, you or you're you're using it however you want to use it. Yeah. If you flood a surface, like if people were having trouble with using it as a gloss coat for models and, and I think Colin likes to use future for, at least I thought he did. Maybe he did. And I don't know. Uh, he uses, uh, he uses a product. It's uh, you get at art stores. Okay. And it's very similar. It's a, it's an acrylic resin. Okay. Um, but it's meant for paintings. Yeah. I, so so he, he airbrushes that without thinner and he says it works great. Yeah, I, I to me, I, I just get very hesitant when there's when there are products designed to be used for exactly the purpose that I intend for them to be used. I'm going to use that. So, vice, um, hey, I found something at Johnson's Hardware. Uh, I got some uh, some acrylic stuff that's made for uh, mobile homes. I think it's going to be perfect on my model. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, but then again, if if you want to, tr- yeah, you do you, man. You want to try stuff out, then have at it. Let us know how it works. If you got some crazy concoctions of stuff that you like, I've heard people using like Windex for stuff, and I just I'm like, man, you know, there's like to me, a make and Gunsy make model yeah. products. I'm just saying, you know, I'm just putting it out there. Good for cleaning your airbrush. Windex. Yes. Yes. Yep. Yep. It'll, it'll, break, know, it'll break mix, down mix with that, alcohol uh, and shoot that through and. You know, acetone that works well too. Uh, Acid, it all they work actually yeah, the yeah. right mixtures. Yeah. They actually work pretty well. But yeah, Windex anyway. it does a really good job of breaking down acrylics. It also does a really good job of etching brass. Yes. What are what? Yeah. What's the uh, airbrush made out of? Yes. Oh yeah, brass. Well, yeah. That, that's yeah. if you leave it. You, you just don't yeah. leave it sitting there. No, 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 yeah. But people don't, will don't, do don't that. Soak your stuff. I know. <laughs> oh yeah, I will do yeah, that. I've yeah. seen I've seen where people soak their uh, airbrush parts in Windex. So. Oof. Yeah. How come my airbrush isn't spraying well? Why is it black now? Yes. Uh. <laughs> anyway, all right. Well, cool. Well, again, just uh, I, I personally, I like Future for dipping canopies. And um, 
and you know, but not for a gloss coat on a model, even though you can do it. I used to do it, but I just don't do it anymore. Now I use Enzy and Tamiya products. I've, so. I've even gotten away from doing it for canopies. If it's a uh, a modern jet, I will. But most yeah. of the World War II stuff, yeah, I you don't need to because yeah. I don't want it to be that shiny. You yeah, know? I want to, you know, even the the F thirty five I just did from Tamiya, the clear parts were so nice on that that I didn't I didn't yeah. tip that at all. I mean, they're, they're just so you don't need it. I mean, all you need is a awesome. little bit of polishing compound, like some fine, whether it's Novus or Tamiya or Hasegawa makes some fine or super fine polishing compound. That's all you need. Just yeah. just polish it. You know, take a couple seconds, boop, you're done. You know, it's all good. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll dip a canopy if it's, um, you know, uh, some of your Hasegawa kits, uh, F-16s come to mind. If they have a seam yeah. down there, you have to get rid of, you know, you're going to do that that sanding process to get rid of it. And then, you you know, you're more or less going to have to dip it to get yeah. those fine scratches taken care of. Yeah. Um, but otherwise, I mean, like I said, I've gotten away from just arbitrarily dipping the stuff uh yeah i'll do it if it's a case where it's a, a weird fit and i i'm, I'm gonna use super glue to to, yes. to fill a gap around the thing and you know yeah. uh again circumstances you know yeah Wh- whatever situation I, i'm in I'll, I'll adjust for it yeah you know i was looking at that too because i have the hypersonic canopy details for the academy f4 and it has the inner canopy frames that you attach to the kit part and I'm kind of, uh, how am I going to do that? And uh, I think I'm just going to use epoxy. Yeah, yeah, epoxy or the or the that white way glue. way I don't have to. Gator grip glue, glue also. It's good yeah, for that. Yeah, you know how sometimes you dip a canopy and sometimes the way the curvature of it, it like it'll, the future won't sit right. It'll pool it'll or, rain. yeah. Pool. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. That way I don't have to worry about it. I'm just going to use, probably just going to use epoxy and just tack yep. it on and hope for the best. Cool. All right. Um, and also just kind of like we we're talking about um, using certain products that are not designed for models. I know that there's lots of folks uh, that like to use, you know, you can go to Michael's or Hobby Lobby and you can grab craft paint um, or rattle cans from, you know, from different uh, manufacturers, Rust-Oleum or whatever. And they're like, hey, can I use that to paint my model? Um, yep. Oh man! You can you can you can you, use you're opening up a can of yeah, a can of yeah. of rattle can rustoleum can of hate yeah. mail. Yeah, craft paints tube tube yeah, two, artist acrylics. Yeah, I mean you <laughs> yeah. can you can absolutely use that stuff to to paint a model with. Now you can probably I think it would probably come in pretty handy if you're doing like some maybe weathering or something, but. If you're putting that stuff onto smooth styrene, it just doesn't have a lot of bite. There's not enough chemicals in that in the craft paint, particularly, to to allow it to adhere. And, and you sure don't want to try to be spraying that stuff through your airbrush. Um, it's it's gonna it's cheap though, right? It's like fifty cents for a bottle. So I get that it's cheap, but and if that's all that you have, well give me your address and I'll send you some of my Gunsy and Tamiya paint um, or Mr. Color paint. So to, just to help you out. Cause All my right. goodness, you I'm going to give you All my, right. I'm going to, I want, um, I want <laughs> yeah. some. Yeah. I was going to say, I want some of that paint and stand by Scott. You're about to get all those out. high 300 number. Yes. Grays. I'm out. Yeah. I'm all out of those. Damn it. Yeah. I yeah. used them all. Use them of all. Course. But yeah, I, I think that again, there's probably, I think those would come in really handy if you're building like 
like a diorama base or something and you're trying to yeah. you know paint the bases, I think that the craft stuff would come in really handy. But I think, and Tim, you were talking earlier about some of the Rust-Oleum rattle cans. I think that, again, depending on which type you get, that some of that stuff, it will flat out eat the plastic. I mean, your, your model, that paint, you do not want to be putting, it has some crazy chemicals in it that can eat the plastic and, and you don't want yeah. that, you know, and it is, you, you can actually, if you pull up the MSDS and I, I'm getting yeah. a little geeky, a geeky in the geek show here <laughs> is that, uh, if you pull up the MSDS, it'll actually show you the, the chemical content. It won't necessarily yeah. give you the full ratios in some cases they will. Yeah. But if you compare that to like a Tamiya rattle can, yeah. And you'll see that there's this one um, chemical that none of the Tamiya or uh, Mr. Mister Color or yep. Vallejo, you name the paint, they don't have that in the, in the content. And if you then look up that particular chemical and say, what is this? Even on Wikipedia or whatever it is, it turns out to be a pretty hot petroleum-based chemical yeah. that'll pretty much eat through any plastic. Yep. And, and you just, yeah. Yeah. And and ask me how I know you don't, (laughs) you don't spray that stuff on a model and, um, and, and expect it to come out looking like, um, anything you'd see on a showroom. Yeah. I mean, it would just, uh, it it does literally melt plastic. You you lose the detail at best. It just kind of softens it and you've now got a, a six foot model. Yeah, just I, I I get the the um it, it's attractive to probably folks that they don't have a hobby shop nearby, they may not have access to internet or whatever, and so at their local Ace Hardware store they have lots of different range of colors, um you know for for the different types of paint, um, but it's just you know you just have to be careful with that stuff. Test it out on your mule before. I mean, I use rattle can stuff all the time, but it. It's Tamiya or um, yep. Mr. Hobby type stuff that's made for plastic. So, yeah, cool. And, and and yeah, back on the craft paint thing, I actually built a model with craft paints because <gasps> I wanted to see will this work. So I pulled a what was the answer? Year old Hawk SBD yeah. kit, I think it was. You know, so I mean, it had like six parts. Yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. wing was one part, the tail planes was one part, yada yada yada. So I've slapped this thing together, and it's like, okay, let's see how this works. I didn't prime it, I didn't do anything. It's like, will this work? <clears throat> well, it, and at the end of the day, and I, it's still on my shelf. At the end of the day, it, yeah, it's a six foot model. Yeah, and it, you know, I I think I had the total amount of paint I had, and it was maybe ten dollars. Yeah, right. And I did a tricolor scheme. Yeah. But I had to put a shit ton, excuse my language, <laughs> of white in order to get the white yeah. to get opaque enough yeah. to look right. I bet. And uh, and of course I and I used the some different colors to mix up the, you know, to get the right intermediate blue. Yeah. The, yeah. the dark blue, I added some black to it because the yeah. blue you get off the shelf was and and all of that seemed to work well. It's like, oh, this is not hard. Yeah. And then I realized this ain't covering for shit. Yeah. And it looks awful. Yeah. And I, I didn't airbrush it. I brushed it on. Yep. And um and I thought, well, let me see if I can airbrush it. Yeah. No, it's it's no. worse. It'll, because by the time you thin it down yep. enough to push it through an airbrush, you you're either doing forty PSI on your airbrush. <laughs> well, Kowski style. Using a, 
Yeah, and you're using a 0.5 needle, and it's just yeah. paint going everywhere. Yeah. And it just, it was just, no, no, don't do this. It, now, if I was 12 years old, that's and all different. I had was yes. $2 that's okay. in my, uh, uh, you know, that I got yes. from my allowance or whatever we get for allowances nowadays, yeah. you know, and I, and I got enough money to buy one kit yeah. or three bottles of paint. Yeah. Yeah, I'd probably go, hey Ma, can you cash me out with an extra buck here and I'll buy this craft paint? And at least I got something. Yeah. But uh, you know, it, yeah, it's I think I it's, would not recommend it's it. It's totally cool. If you're a junior, you're just learning how to build, you can use whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. But if and, you're trying to build a, a decent model, there's just no I, I there's other oh, yeah. products out there that can that can help you. You're you're making it harder on yourself by using some of this stuff. Um does right. it work? I mean, yeah, you can use it, but it's just the result that you're going to have in the end. Probably not. Um, yeah. If the, the only yeah. positive I had from the whole experience was this is a cheap way to learn how to mix color. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I mean, because I, I very quickly figured out, oh, I, a little yellow with a little bit of black, I can come up with primer. Yeah. You know, zinc chromate primer. Yeah. A little more black, suddenly it's interior green. Yeah. A little more black, it's olive drab. Yeah. Hey, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah, now that's a great point. Like you want to experiment with just, you know, color and how to mix and get different. Because I, I pretty much custom mix most of my stuff anyway, because just to get the yeah. right hue and colors. Same here. And, um, but yeah, that's, you know, it's rather than using your expensive, you know, Gunzi and Tamiya stuff, you could use... You know, but that's why, but so again, some of the other stuff they have out, like the MRP colors. I mean, I know Darren's a big fanboy of MRP. I mean, I love MRP too. Um, but yeah, man, some of the colors that they're coming up with are just, they're spot on too. There's no need to mix and they're airbrush yeah. ready, you know? So, yep. but if you want to, if you want to use craft paint and Rust-Oleum on your models, then, then you do you have at it, have fun, have fun. Yeah. But don't be surprised if you don't get a if a uh, if you get a less than optimal result. Yeah, yeah. Which you're going to if you use that crap. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <Yep. clears throat> um, kind of also kind of leaning into we've you know keeping on the kind of the paint theme or whatever. But I've seen some folks when they you know newly uh, new modelers will be like, hey, I just bought an airbrush, and you know how do I thin my paint and Sometimes, you know, like me, I'm, I'm a, I go on the thinner side. Now this definitely, this particular, um, specific topic, like I, I get that everybody has their own way of mixing paint and whatever. So just because I'm saying this is how I do it, that doesn't mean that there's a wrong way or whatever. The only wrong way would be to, to not thin it at all. Like if you took like, I'll just use model master enamel trying to straight from the bottle into an airbrush and try to spray it. It's just, it's just not going to work. You're just going to have problems. So you have to thin it. Enamel typically sprays when you put the right, you know, enamel thinner, it's going to spray beautifully. I just, it smells, it's toxic. You know, all the lacquers and acrylics that they have are just so much better, but uh, model master in its day was the paint, man. That was like, that was the, that was the stuff. Um, but I've seen some people when they recommend a mixture, They'll say, oh, just do 50-50. Now, if you do 50% paint and 50% thinner, then it probably will spray through the airbrush. But you, if you want to get nice, smooth, and tight, 
if you're doing a camo pattern, so demarcation lines or trying to do some weathering with some detail painting, 50-50 is going to be difficult. I mean, I think for a, a base coat, if it, you're doing just like a a primer, a 50-50 is probably okay. But me, I'm leaning at the minimum, 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 even for a base coat is would be 60-40. So 60% thinner, 40% paint. And my ultimate um, that I really like is at least somewhere between 70 and 80% thinner and 20 and 30% um, paint. That's just me. That's what I like. Um, yeah. That's what works. But how about you guys? What are your thoughts on, on ratios for what do you think is uh, a good ratio? Well, back in the day when I was using, because like you said, Model Master was the bee's knees and that was all you could get. You know, I used to do that and I used to thin everything with lacquer thinner, straight up hardware store, quart can lacquer thinner. And I remember that, and only with the grays, I would get the um, pebbling where it would dry before it hit the model yep. surface. And then I'd have to go back and buff it and get most of it off. But I used to use lacquer thinner to thin everything. But then I realized you I were wrong. Like, you know, I'm just kidding. I was wrong. No, no, seriously, I was wrong. But then I got to thinking these companies that make paint make a thinner for that paint. And so I'm just like, you know what? There you I'm go. Going to use the manufacturer's recommendation, recommended thinner. And so for like my, my Tamiya and my Gunsy, I'll use like um, I, you know, isopropyl alcohol, 91%. Or I've got, you know, Mr. Leveling Thinner, which I've had good success with. And I kind of stay away from using lacquer thinner to thin my paints anymore. And I, this is before I, Unless you're I using myself, lacquer paint then oh then yeah you're okay yeah <laughs> yeah and then i remember i was when i was in jacksonville i used to do models and my dumbass, you know not realizing it when you're spraying out in the garage in july in northeast jackson nor- northeast florida in jacksonville you know you got a moisture trap and sometimes that's not enough yeah and my paint wasn't going down right and so i thought it was my airbrush was dirty so i grabbed a red solo cup and I put my airbrush in it, and I poured lacquer thinner like halfway up <laughs> into that sucker. And I had to leave and go. I had to go run an errand. And when I came back, uh, opened the garage door, uh, and I was like, "Man, why does it smell like lacquer thinner?" And the lacquer thinner just dissolved that red soil. Little, uh, little bet, chemistry man. experiment. Yep, <laughs> and I learned right there. Chemistry lesson. Yep, I was in FE school when that happened, and I was just like, "Oh man, yep. my I am a." And that's the, that's the thing I think that's it's real. This this is an important point is that you know like the manufacturers, whether you with you know all of the good paint companies. So to me, uh, MRP, uh, Gunsy, you know, they all um, even some of the AK stuff like they design the thinners to be compatible with their products. So I always, if I'm spraying Tamiya paint, I like to use Tamiya thinner. If I, the only like asterisk I'll put here is MLT. I think, you know, whatever they put in Mr. Leveling thinner, that stuff just works. Yeah. It it works with, with mostly everything. Um, but I, I really try to stick. If I'm spraying my Gunsy, I'm using Gunsy thinners. If I'm spraying Tamiya, I spray Tamiya thinners. And, I don't have any problems. And a lot of times I'll hear guys, they're like, well, this is all I had, or this is all I had um, access to, or they were out of this. So I tried that. And then they have problems, whether it's usually it's gumming up because uh, the, the chemicals are just not quite compatible. So you just have to test that stuff out. And if you're having problems spraying, you know, the kind of type of paint through an airbrush, just ask yourself, shit, did I use 
the manufacturer's recommended thinner. And if you didn't try that first, because it you a know, lot of times that's the problem. Yeah, and if you're in a pinch and some with like Tamiya and Gunzi and, and your your main line acrylics like that, you can get away with using isopropyl alcohol in a pinch. If you need to thin some. That's why I used to use all the time. Yeah, just make sure and use ninety one percent. Yep. Not 70. And because I know that if you use it with Tamiya, like the 70, it makes it, it makes their XF paints, they'll make them glossy. Yep. Yep. And, uh, and so I've done that before where I've used 91% in like Tamiya or, or Gunsy. Yeah. If I didn't have anything. The only thing, but also sorry. leveling thinner will work. Like, like Tim said, unicorn tears. I've had good success with leveling thinner with Tamiya and Gunsy as well. Yeah. That's all I use is the Mr. Mr color leveling thinner. That's all I use for Stinks. my thinner. No, yeah, that smells, but that smells that's why awesome. I wear a mask. And I, yeah, I wear I a respirator. <clears throat> Have it right here. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yep. It it I don't I you know I don't know the chemical properties and what makes MLT so good, but um boy that stuff works. It, it just I, <laughs> I added in I'll add even just a few drops in whatever paint I'm mixing. And even if I'm doing aqueous, I'll add a just a little bit of it just helps the flow of the and it doesn't, it's not like it gums up or the paint clogs or anything. Yeah. It just, it's just, you know, I, I can mix it with, uh, Tamiya, um, just regular, I guess it's the X20A with a little mm-hmm. bit of MLT, a little bit though. I don't put like a whole bunch of MLT in there. Um, but it, it, I just, it's just, uh, Tamiya and Gunsy seem to be that they, they kind of react the same way. I, I both, I really, really like them. Um, but yeah, I mean, you just have to, I'm not saying to not, to, to not try other things, but man, if you're trying to put like AK thinner or the, used to, like, I think it was at modern model master acryl, like, man, you had you, if you didn't use the acryl thinner, if you used anything else, it was just garbage. It was, it yeah, wouldn't turn into a gel. gel. Yes. Um, <clears throat> and uh, again, be careful putting like lacquer or acrylic thinners in the vice versa paint. Like some of them, you'd think, oh, well, it worked with this, you know, this thinner worked with this lacquer paint or this thinner worked with this acrylic paint. Like, test that stuff because I've seen, man, it'll just, like, you put it in there, you start stirring and you're like, uh, is it this, is this, my stirring stick melting or what is going on? I mean, it's just goo, you know, sure don't want to put that stuff in your, into your airbrush. So just be careful. Uh, but again, kind of going back to the initial kind of, uh, question here to the group is what's your, what's your favorite, uh, thinner ratio? I tend to go on the like 60, 40, 70, 30, 70, 60, you know, the higher side of thinner to paint because I find it's easier to correct mistakes that way when I'm doing like camouflage schemes and stuff, I can you have more control. You do, and if you go over too far, it's not really noticeable, and you can see it, and then you can go back, and when you go with the other color to correct it, it's easier to cover. You're not, like, laying on layers of paint to kind of cover where you come spray. Yep. Yeah, I start at 60-40 is just a general rule, and then I I adjust depending on the color, because some colors seem to be a little thicker than others, and some are a little thinner, so I'll, I'll adjust from there until it, you know, for the the effect I'm trying to achieve through my airbrush and uh, the needle size, depending on what I'm trying to paint. And then I'll, uh, you know, I'll adjust things a little bit, but generally 60, 40 is where I start. Yeah. And then I adjust from there. Cool. Whitey, how about you? 
Uh, I'm a horrible math student, so I don't know <laughs> ratios very much. <laughs> I eyeball the stuff, man. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think the eyeball eyeballing is. is, is I eyeball the, the my paint mix, and I earball my pressures, man. That's <laughs> but that's good though. Better man than I. You know, it's uh, that's good though. That's I mean, but but, yeah. but on but I I I'm always on the side of of thin. Yeah, you know. So I mean, if I were gonna, um, y- y- you know, we all use our own. Uh, techniques for mixing paint too, and typically I'm I'm yeah. painting in small batches. I'm using uh, tattoo yeah. ink cups, uh, which are uh, you know pretty wow. small. So, you know, I'll, I'll be putting like um, five or six drops of paint to probably um, double that to triple that of uh, of, of thinner yeah. ratio. Like you know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll take it. Um, my my the eyedropper I use, I got a little glass one. And one one uh, squeeze of that yeah. usually is, is enough to to thin um, that five to six drops of paint to whatever I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at. You know, the th- I always, and, you know, the mule sitting here, or I've, I've mentioned this. I always, I'm always wearing uh, surgical gloves, food prep gloves, or you know, latex or uh, nitrile actually nitrile gloves i always have a box of those and i'm always you know once i get into the painting stage that's pretty much what i'm wearing all the time at least on the hand that i'm uh, i can't shoot my airbrush with one on so i'll, I'll michael jackson it with just one <laughs> glove on to hold my my model with and yep. um and so while i'm holding that thing you know you use your index card you said to test and yeah. i'll use my glove right because it's right there and yeah. you know i'm this it's smart it's yeah. right there on my glove you know they're usually blue or whatever right yeah uh you know blue or purple so i'm just right there on my glove and okay cool my pressure looks good my my line looks cool yeah and that's what i'll roll with right there um yep. it's like i can't overemphasize enough to test Every t- before I start spraying on a model, even with a new with any bat, if I'm changing colors, paint that's already pre mixed, I still take my card just real quickly and t- just to make sure that it's not sp- you know splattering, yeah, or sputtering. Splattering. Yep. So it's just uh, you know again, it's an it's an extra quick. It's a quick step that is because sometimes I'm like, ooh, I need to add this or add you know maybe it needs a couple more drops of. Um, MLT or whatever, because it's just not spraying just right. Or I might clue me into like, oh crap, okay, the tip of my needle needs to be cleaned off a little yeah, bit. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's just I can't overemphasize enough, man. Use use a mule, use some index cards, or your like you said, why to use it? That's a great idea with using the glove and just testing it out, spraying it on there. Cool. Um, yeah, I, I think again, these are all just thoughts that we have. There's no right or wrong way, but I mean, there, there are a few things that were like, Ooh, I would just highly not recommend that you do certain Te- things. Technique, man. You know, technique. Just techniques. Yeah. Um, the, the next one I have, um, this is for D ran cause I know he would love that. This is like for him, this is one of his big pet peeves. This is all this. So this was for D ran. Um, so a couple of times I've seen really beautiful models and this is just, this is just a, an accuracy thing that doesn't mean Jack diddly squat, you know, again, build your model, how you want to build your model. I just think this is funny. And I'm only really bringing this one up because I know Darren who loses fruit loops. <laughs> if, if when he sees this and it's an open cockpit, so canopy's open 
There's no air crew or pilots or NFOs. There's nobody in there. And the the boarding ladder may be up or down. I don't know. Flaps are probably down. I mean, anyway, it's parked. It is, it's just a parked jet. Nobody's sitting in the aircraft. Yet, when you look in the cockpit, all the screens are all lit up like they're on. And again, it's an accuracy thing. It's never like anything other than that, other than it makes Darren's blood boil. We'll be at a show and Darren will come running up to me and he's like, hey, man, did you see the whatever? They got the dead god dang darn screens are on. Nobody's sitting in there, you know, and uh, so I'll, I'll show me, you know, whatever. And it's, it's just it's funny. So now he's got me. I'm like, oh, look, look, look at there. They got their screens on. Nobody's sitting in there. You know, it doesn't matter. Who cares? I just think it's kind of funny. Um, it's, you know, anytime I've ever looked at a model and I think Justin and I were talking about this, like when I'm judging, I, I don't think I spend a whole lot of time and looking at the cockpit anymore. I'll look and like if the seats are crooked or there's goo schmegma crap all over or the canopies, I'm looking at the canopy, like the windscreen, if there's glue and shit all on the, well, that's, yeah, I don't even see all the dials and switches that you, but like, you know, all the instrument dials and all that, man, I don't even, I, I don't even look at that stuff anymore. <laughs> anyway, um, I just thought it was funny that, uh, that was for you, Darren. Um, if you're going to do an open cockpit and there's no pilots, don't turn the screens on. <laughs> it's not black, like that. black screens, black screens or dark green, black, or whatever. black or dark green. Yeah. 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 I don't anyway. know, yeah, you could you could go down a rabbit hole with that. With I mean, you really could. There's plenty of models out there with you know heavy maintenance going on with a load yep. of weapons on it. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. That's that doesn't as happen, a maintainer. You know? That's the yep. one that always jerks my chain. <laughs> is when I see that you know that the guys have got the uh, the um, gun bays open for maintenance, and there's all these rockets and bombs hung on it, and it's like, uh, yeah, no, would never happen. Yeah, and that's never happened. And I I think. You know, I don't proclaim to be an accuracy guy, but I think I'm full of crap because, of course, I want I mean, I do my research. I have more research books than models that I, you know, that I have. And I and I enjoy I didn't realize how much I enjoy reading and learning about particular, you know, aircraft. And and I'm like, oh, no, you know, when it's in this state, the flaps are really more at this angle, not this particular angle or the stabs are deflected about this much or no, this like on a Tomcat, this nozzle, it, it, you know, this nozzle could shut down before this nozzle or whatever, whatever it may be. I think it's just when we've been around this, like on a 53, I cannot stand any helicopter model for that matter. I don't care if it's one, 144 scale. I've never seen, except for the new, um, H one Z's, the rotor blades droop, people. They droop. Helicopter blades droop. And when you have, especially like an H-53 or an H-60, and you have straight blades sticking out, it just looks goofy. And um, and it's just wrong. So fix it. I'm just kidding. I'm teasing. I just, that's just, again, one of my little pet peeves are drooped rotor, you know, not having a helicopter model with drooped rotor blades. Um it just, you know, just makes makes my makes my my a, a CH forty seven comes to mind when I think group. Yes. Like, ever see one of those things parked, man? Yes, like, that blade's practically touching the ground. It is <laughs> that forward one. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's I mean, and in real life, they 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 are big time droopy. 
Yeah. And I mean, it's as soon as they quit, as soon as there's not any lift being produced or there's no, you know, or even if they're just flat pitch, I mean, there's no lift. But again, just the blades are, they still will droop just a smidge. And it depends though. There's different, depending on what collective pool you put onto the, to the aircraft, they could, um, what they call, you know, they could cone where they're, they're sort of, um, the opposite of drooping, you know, they're coning up. So that's just because of the, just, they're designed to do that. You know, it's when you're imparting a huge amount of lift on those blades, of course, they're just aerodynamics. They're going to, they're going to actually, uh, you know, the coning, um, will occur. So, but, um, anyway, that's a whole, we could go down rabbit holes with helicopter shit. We don't have to do that. Anyway, um, They flap. Yeah, they do. They do. They do. They <laughs> flap and they lead and lag. And it all has to do with just, you know, the different aerodynamic forces that are put on the put on the blades. So anyway. All right. Uh, man, we have went over like a whole bunch of different kind of individual topics. Uh, anything that I might have missed? Any, anything you want to guys want to add or can we maybe wrap up? You want to wrap up the main topic? Yeah, I just, you know, I would say, you know, do whatever you want to do, but I would test it on a mule or a test something before you go and commit to your model to find out. It's better to find out then if you're going to have a weird reaction or something than before you go to put it on your on your model. Yeah, so amen to that. For that real. would be my, yeah. you know, that's why I, I showed you guys my, you know, I've got a paint mule right here, an old hobby box. Heck yeah. Six intruder, and it's all painted yep. up and. But even like if I'm using a different center with a paint, I'll try it on this before I go and I put it on my model because I'd rather fix it, catch it then than when it's too late. Yep. Yep. I think that's, I think that's the biggest thing is that it's, um, it's really important to just kind of test some stuff out and, but, but experiment. I mean, just because a bunch of dudes on a freaking podcast say you should or shouldn't do this, who are we? We're we're just I have my own way that I build and there's certain things that I I like to do that doesn't mean that that that's gospel. That means that that's just how Nemo builds his shit and or how Whitey does or Tim or, or whoever. And um today's topic I think was just more of fun, have some, you know, interesting um maybe more controversial subjects to talk about, but the bottom line is we just want you to get out there and, and build a model. Whether you want to use craft paint or whatever, you know, it, it's up to you. Um, and uh, and experiment with some stuff because you might find some techniques that that you're like, you know, for example, the whole Tamiya flat black and uh, Model Master Chrome Silver. I found I, I learned that by accident, and and it, and it works. It works really well. Um, and I just had never really thought about doing something like that until I thought I screwed something up and I'm like, wait a second here, this looks really cool. Um, so I guess experimenting sometimes and using different mixtures of different paints or, um, whatever you want to use or different chemicals, who knows what you're going to find. You might find something that, that, uh, nobody knew about and you come up with a new technique and, uh, and it's awesome or it doesn't go so well and you melt your model. So yeah, trial and error, you know, <laughs> but anyway, every, I think every, you know, we're, we're not here to, to, um, to rag on anybody's, um, techniques or anything, you know, to each his own. 
And uh, I think the most important thing is just, you know, get out there and build something and, uh, and, uh, you know, experiment, see what, see, see what happens. All right. Cool. Well, uh, I think that was, again, uh, appreciate all the inputs. Thanks for, for, uh, going through all these different topics. Um, you know, I, I, speaking of thank yous, I definitely want to thank all the listeners, you know, all the folks that support this show by just listening and writing in to us and coming up to us, uh, it shows, uh, again, that's the biggest thank you goes out to, to even above all of our sponsors, um, which I'll get to those fine folks here in a second. It's really about the listener. It's all, it's all the geeks out there throughout the world. And uh, thank you again from the bottom of our hearts for supporting us. It's awesome. All right. Well, uh, this is another episode uh, in the books. And uh, again, I can't, can't thank enough our generous sponsors, uh, Furball, Aero Design, Detail and Scale, Bases by Bill, Tamiya USA, and Sprue Brothers. You guys are awesome. And thank you again for supporting um, this show, this podcast, our group, our modeling, the hobby. You guys all, all are just phenomenal and you're at the top of your game um, when it comes to your genre. Uh, in the modeling world. So again, thank you all for what you do and for, for sponsoring us and making this just a, a, an awesome hobby. Um, in closing again, uh, you know, thanks to everybody uh, for participating and for listening and writing in. Um, again, I want to say a huge thank you to Tim El Presidente. Tim, thanks for, for coming on board. Appreciate having you uh, sitting in for Darren. And uh, you're very welcome. Awesome. Yeah. We look forward to having you on again. Maybe we'll start that. Yeah. We'll have that. uh, Like Whitey mentioned the, uh, having the 70 second scale update, you know, the 70 seconds. Glad to do it, man. (laughs) Yeah. Better. Got to have him on and give his spitfire rundown. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And talking about, we can start to keep it naval. I can start with sea fires. There you go. There you go. Um, what the best one, the Griffin. That's the best one. Fake. Fake Spitfire. Uh, best one. Anyway. Flip wing bubble top. Anyway. Yeah, that's a good one, too. Anyway, well, uh, again, thanks, everybody. Appreciate you guys listening. Uh, hopefully, everybody enjoyed listening. Uh, I know that we always have a great time sitting here and talking about the hobby. And uh, everybody's time is valuable. So thank you for making us a part of your time or your bench time and for taking time out to listen. So I hope you can join us for our next uh, podcast. But for now, be excellent to each other. And get out there and build something. All right? Out from the geeks. See ya. Take it easy. Later. Later.